Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship Podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. And we're joined by our good friend, Sean Porter from Crafting a Life I Want, who joined us at Maker Camp this this uh, past weekend. Sean, hello, hello. Hello, hello. All right, back on the uh, Art of Craftsmanship Podcast again. Sean is a returning guest, so welcome back. Devin, what do you got to start us off with today? Everybody that's good kept going. That's the difference in them. <laughs> that was uh, all right. <laughs> well, I, I I won't I won't say who it was, but it's, it's a pretty general thing. But uh, all right. I was. Um, Editing the one of the twenty eight interviews we did. Oh, nice! And that, so that it was, was one of them. That was from uh, Justin Dietrich. Oh, nice! Right on. Kind, and that kind of I brought that one up because that seemed to be in the advice category. What we oh. asked a lot of people was like, um, right? It's, it's always it's always keep going, ignore things, just go, just do it, just right. make it. Like, and that I, I thought that was a nice little bit. Everybody that's good kept going, right? Yeah, and, th- and that's the difference in them. So yeah, it's I don't know. It's oh. it's kind of odd phrasing that just came off the top of his head. Everyone that's yeah. kept going. So it's um, it's this present term and then this past to end it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it really it, it really speaks to like when we all get started. Nobody feels like we're doing something any good. Like my first knife is junk, and right. and my first of a lot of things was junk. And if we didn't keep going, we wouldn't improve and get better. And so it really, I, I don't know, it captures a lot of that for me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that <clears throat> that's that uh, the mindset. Well, I mean, I guess it's it's the maker mindset, right, that you have this, like, desire to get better each time. So the goal is to get better. So ideally you the next one is going to be better so the last one you can you can allow it to be bad that was a lot of people's advice as well like allow your stuff to be bad or like don't worry about failing just understand that if you're going to keep going your next one should be better and like that's something to look forward to but it's also a challenge to yourself as a maker so everyone who's good in you know just kept going like they had you know they didn't stop or they didn't you know if they would have stopped they didn't get good you know their practice was 10,000 hours or something to make a a master that's what they say that's (laughs) That's what they say that's BS (laughs) is that 10,000 hours of watching YouTube (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure YouTube counts as practice Um, (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) but yeah that's the self you want to just keep going that has to be the difference in you just just keep at it. You'll do good. Nice. Yeah, right on. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about Maker Camp today. We're going to talk about like things we did and people we met and our experience. But I, we have Sean here with us because uh, Devin and I went last year, 2021 Maker Camp. And so our experience is going back and you know seeing people again. We understood kind of the lay of the land, how things worked out. But Sean, with your experience being the first time, first thing I want you to tell me about is what was your experience like driving in to the maker camp for the first time? Driving in was, I, I was just like slowly being filled with excitement. Mm-hmm. I, 
I had been looking forward to this since you guys came back last year. I had wanted to go last year and just couldn't make it work out um, and heard all of your stories and watched your video and knew it was something that I wanted to be a part of. And so this year, um, my wife was asking me what I wanted for Father's Day and I was like, an experience, because my shop was in disarray. I was like, I want an experience in Maker Camp. It immediately popped to mind. I was like, I want to go to Maker Camp. So this is my Father's Day present. So I've been looking forward to it for months and months and just driving in, seeing the signs, seeing the people there and, and all the tents set up. It just, it really encompassed that, that excitement growing and we get there and it's, I don't know, it was, I don't want to go too much into the details of that because you just said that's for the driving in, but um, no, it yeah, was just fine. I mean, tons of excitement. How, how was your feeling setting up the tent and walking into the bathrooms? <laughs> no. Well, what is it like? It, did it did it meet your expectations? Did we talk about it enough that you understood kind of what it would look like, or does it was it the same or different, or how did that it go? Ex it exceeded my expectations in in almost every way. Like I couldn't imagine. I couldn't have imagined feeling the way I did while I was there beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, like we spend a lot of time talking about the maker community and how it's just so open and accepting and reaffirming. Like there's, there's just a ton of support in that community mm -hmm. and the rest of the world seems to be so negative all the time, Facebook in particular, or, you know, YouTube commenters, there's always those trolls out there that are trying to bring you down. And there was none of that at Maker Camp. Mm -hmm. Everyone yeah. from like expert knife makers, expert Damascus people are like, are impressed with, you know, the things we've done, where we're at and continue to, you know, push us forward and, and continue to be supportive of all of that and excited to talk to you. And, and that's just not something I've experienced anywhere else. Mm. Yeah. Hey, Dust, did you ask yeah. that question uh, specifically because I remember when you went to the Timber Inn, mm -hmm. I remember asking you to describe how you felt going into the Timber Inn because you skipped uh. right over it. You're like, yeah, and I was there. We started doing this. I was like, well, ho, ho, wait up. <laughs> what was it like? <laughs> Put me there. The I want to <clears throat> feel it. Like what it looked like because I yeah. think that's what a lot of people get, especially these big events. People just see little clips and stuff and bits and bobs. So everyone patches together something in their head of what it'll look like, but it's, yeah. When you get there, it's uh, you know, it's it's not, it's not overwhelming or anything. There's just so much stuff to look at, and the way the resort's yeah. set up, there's so many weird little buildings and things, and then the tents <laughs> come out of nowhere, and then you're kind of, wait, where's this? Where's that? But then, right. then you kind of get into the main area this year, which was extra fenced off, and then you start to get a lay of the land and uh, figure out what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I had that feeling. I remember before I went up, I hadn't seen any videos or anything um, that showed maker camp from a wider perspective, mm -hmm. you know, like somebody walking around like the, what, what we made last year kind of had that feel. I thought, you know, maybe, you know, it was like kind of figured out that there's like a, this big open space in the middle and there's tents around the outside. And like, I didn't know any of that before I went for the first time. So in my mind, like an upstate New York resort was like, I guess, I don't know. You know, it was like, I didn't know what it would be like if there was, if it like, I guess in my mind it was wooded, you know, I don't yeah. know about more because now yeah. we think about it, like it's pretty wooded, you know, there's the big field, but like driving into the driveway, there are trees on both sides. That's kind of what I expected, I guess. And then kind of driving through and I don't know. I just know that like I was, uh, 
I was, it was a little different than what I expected, but not in a bad way, just different. You know, it was like I had, I had nothing to, to like, uh, you know, bounce against to, for an idea of what it would be like. So, you know, that way when I went for the first time to the timber in, you know, just driving in and having that kind of big Quonset on the right next to the main building and, you know, and then like parking and oh, that's yeah, kind of as yeah. far as I went when, you know, when I went for timber and I never went any further than that. So then going back from maker camp, then actually driving around and like for the first time last year, that was a whole new experience too, because I hadn't really experienced that field and everything, you know, so I wasn't exactly sure how that was going to go. And so, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a cool experience. Um, before we keep getting Sean's first time reactions, <laughs> I want to say something about the two videos. Well, the one we made and the one we're making, right. Yeah. Um, last year we made what it's like at maker camp. So that was a very general overview right of yeah. the of the different stuff we did uh, i guess almost vloggy but without you doing vlog talk stuff it was just like images and sounds and a little bit of you making stuff and like day one day two day three um right. and by maybe i don't want to say by luck the first year my idea or maybe i guess whatever i had brought it yeah. to dustin saying what if we did interviews on everybody that way we can meet a lot of people. Um, and then we backed off of that because it felt a little bit like we were asking for something before we deserved it, kind of. Right. Like, we didn't want to go right in and not knowing people and saying, asking for something. <clears throat> hey, right. can, can I get this from you? Basically was, even though, you know, we're helping them out and back and forth, you know, every, no one minds getting interviewed, or at least right. the majority of people do. Maybe maybe Jimmy does. He's, he's used to it, but everyone else. <laughs> um, so that's, but I think soon after I had that idea, we both kind of came to the conclusion, we're like, well, let's just go and, yeah. and take it in. And I didn't even get out the nice camera at that time, even though we brought it. Right. But I was like, I don't even want to carry around a camera other than the GoPro we would yeah. stick in our pocket and get some shots. Other than that, we didn't get anything else. Um, so I'm glad we didn't do this, the uh, 28 interviews. And we wouldn't have gotten as many as well. Right. Because the yeah. majority of the interviews that are coming in the video coming up are people we already know. Yeah, right. Um I don't think there's anyone there that we had never talked to that's on the on the video. Right. Um, well, I mean I I'd never talked to Burke but, before. But um, didn't we But you know, I texted with him. Like I mean, you know, Instagram. That's what, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe not in person, even though the majority right. majority we have. Yeah, majority of it we had. There yeah. was some type of contact beforehand. Yeah, John Mulhern, I think. Yeah. That we had we had something to base it off of. And I think right. that's a much better way to go in. Um so yeah, so that's where we at the last year we had the what it's like being at Maker Camp and this is this year we have like what's it like talking to everyone at Maker Camp? Or yeah, like, right. Yeah, the perspective get, of makers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyway, yeah. that's that's what we're working on. Um, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, we can keep going. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I was just uh, – I think that's good yeah, as a prompt because we did – you know, we got to meet a lot of people that – I mean, I think there were a lot of people that I met the first year that we met the first year that I never got to really talk to. 
you know, kind of meet in passing or say, Hey, or shake their hand or something like that, mm-hmm. or have like a real brief discussion. But then this year we got to really, you know, we, I think we just had more interactions with more people or more meaningful interactions with more people. So that was really nice. Um, yeah. And there was some of us people saying, Hey, you should meet this person. Just like last year, there was some of that. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. how, um, Sean got to cheat on his first year and have us introduce oh, him to everybody. <laughs> I, uh, that's, that's the way. I was actually just, just thinking that is that I, it was a real advantage for me to be with you guys because you had met a bunch of people and it was like, you're, you're just saying hi to them and, and meeting them again. And I get introduced. And yeah. for me, sometimes if I'm left to my own devices, I, I will occasionally go introvert and just kind of like do my thing and keep quiet. And that's not really an option when you're being introduced to people. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I can be an extrovert too, but uh, a lot of times in like big situations like that, I'll be a little more quiet. Um, but it was nice. I, I loved getting to meet some of the people, um, actually all of the people. And there are particular ones that were fantastic and friendly and going out of their way to, you know, have conversations when I'm not standing next to the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think also just the fact like, maybe having our experience of last year and feeling like it's a long weekend, but also feeling like it goes by in a flash, you know, it's like try to cram as much stuff as possible. Um, And I think just the setup of maker camp where you have like all day, lots of things happening, lots of chances to hang around people and see things happening. But then you have, you know, the open uh, forges and open grinders and things like that all into the evening late and then fires that go late. So they really do set you up to um, have a lot of conversations with people and make, you know, make some cool connections and stuff, which I think is, was, is really nice about the way the maker maker camp set up. Um, So Sean was like the amount of people I know, like in our perspective, there were some, there were more people than last year, but it didn't seem overwhelmingly more. What about you, Sean? Mm -hmm. Did it feel like the right amount of people or more than you thought or less than you thought? Everything was a little bigger and a little more than I thought. I think in my head, I had imagined a smaller field, a smaller space and just overall fewer people. Um, I don't think I ever Mm -hmm. thought about the actual numbers, uh, but we talked about them a bit this year. Um, and I guess last year there were what four hundred, four to five hundred tickets. Sold. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was five last year and seven this year. I think that's what we heard. Yeah, and and it didn't feel like it was too many people. Um, right. I mean, I stood in line for maybe a half an hour once to do something, and that was because right. I had a subset of time. Like if I didn't, because we did the timber in, which took almost all day Saturday. Right. Yeah. It left. It really only left all day Sunday to do anything else that I wanted to do. And so I really wanted to turn a pen. Um, and that was the one place I stood in line and waited for a half an hour to turn a pen. But, you know, I'm still surrounded by people and I'm chatting and having a good time. So it doesn't feel like I'm, I'm doing that. But yeah, it, was, right. it, wasn't, it wasn't overwhelming. Um, right, yeah. I think yeah. it felt like the right number of people for the space that was there. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 um, yeah, I think it could, it could, maybe be a little bit bigger but not much bigger because i think it's better for the presenters this year it seemed like there were more people around mm-hmm. for each thing because last year sometimes someone would start something up and there'd be like two people there right and not that there was much more than that around each thing this year but there'd be like 10 or 20 people you know like max but you know mm-hmm. it 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 i'm i was happy for everyone who was there to 
teach and to to have like a full um a set of viewers there wasn't right. anyone there who was just like no one was walking up to their tent like everybody right. everybody was being seen and and um i think everyone was happy that i talked to who was running some type of demonstration they were all like yeah we were packed from morning till night like it was great yeah. they, were, they were happy about it yeah, I agree. I think I think there that's you want that kind of feeling of that <clears throat> there's a fullness to the space but not so jam packed that you can't like walk up and, you know, maybe stand next to or behind or in between two people, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like four or five, six people deep you're trying to watch something. Also the fact that the majority of what's happening is outside or, you know, in a tent that's all open. So you get this like space that you can spread out and move around. Um <clears throat> and also I'll say this, I think it will I mean, it'll continue to get bigger other than when they're going to cap it, but it's a little bit more of a rough experience. It's not yeah. like a, you're not in a conference hall, like a right, nice, yeah. nice heated <laughs> conference hall, and you go back to your uh, your hotel, and then everyone has a nice dinner somewhere. It's like a rough and ready experience, especially if you're like <laughs> one of the nuts like us out in the oh, field man. camping. <laughs> Um, 30, 32 degree weather. But even even the people who have nice rooms or hotels, usually they're they're like uh, just kind of. I mean, they're not the greatest hotels and rooms. They open them up every once in a while for overflow, and it's just kind of right. Yeah, I had the heater and I had the twin bed, and that was it. Like you know. <laughs> Speaking of that, they've sold all of the hotel rooms already for next year. Maker Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Everything except for. Um, uh, at the Weldon House, which is like the house that's off campus, they have rooms there. But they just posted on their uh, on their stories today that all of the uh, all the rooms are sold for next year's Maker Camp already. Damn. <laughs> I was so like, Dang, if, if you're listening crazy. to this, don't camp with us because we won't have a spot next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's next well, it's year. Probably because all the like... campers that froze their butts off are like, nope, <laughs> nope, this ain't happening again. Oh man, I, I thought it was perfect. I was comfortable other than the fact that my <laughs> air mattress deflated the first night, but I was comfortable <laughs> as far as temperature goes. I knew it was going to be, I mean, I knew that it was going to be cold. Um, we had our, the kind of experience last, around this time last year when, when Sean and I went camping with some friends and it was really cold out. And so that, that time, that weekend I didn't have, enough uh around me so i was cold in bed that second night sean when you and kate left and you left us with your big uh sleeping bag having that extra layer below us made all the difference so it was much warmer that way so i i had prepared that way so i had a fleece on top of my air mattress excuse me i had a fleece and then a sheet and then a comforter below me that was actually folded over. So it was like a, one comforter folded over, which I got in between that. And then I had another comfort comforter folded over on top of me. So it was like, you know, three layers on top and a couple layers on below me. And, uh, that made, it made a difference. I was perfectly warm in the bed all night long. And now getting up in the morning or having to get up in the middle of the night to pee, that was a dagger, but <laughs> I mean, fortunately not going to bed until two to three o'clock in the morning and waking up at six thirty or seven. There's only so many hours there that you might potentially need to be right. I only had to stay warm for like six hours, <laughs> like just long enough, you know, wake up at eight, wake up at something like that. Yeah. The, the, the first night I woke up or at least I was up, you know, standing before Dustin and that was surprising. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I slept straight I was, through. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I was also up later than you were the first night and the second night. Well, no. The third night. The first night, were you? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Devin, you were the first to go to bed all three nights. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Devin, no, well, the first I, night look, from last year, I decided to take it easy. So, comparatively. Right. So, the first night, yeah, I feel like when I saw it dwindling down to a a small number. Yeah, right. I felt good enough that I wasn't missing out. Right. Then I yeah. just went to bed because I'm trying to learn from last year. Even right. though the, <laughs> even though the first morning this year I was I was quite hungover. Um I'll blame that on uh, Matt. Oh, um, was it Matt who brought the whiskey around? <laughs> brought, no, or he brought the beers, right? Wasn't it um Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Matt he, from Maryland. He brought yeah. the uh, RAR beers. <laughs> so if you're listening, yeah. thank you for those beers. But you know, I should have known at the time a ten a ten percent stout wouldn't make me feel good in the morning. <laughs> but that but, was also whiskey that night too. Didn't, or did you not drink any? I think someone came around poured some fingers of whiskey for those. That, who I think that was the first night. That was the second night. That was the second night. Okay. That was the second night again, and that was when I decided to turn in that day because it's like, <laughs> either I drink this whiskey and it's like it's on, or <laughs> I turn it off now and I was like, I'm going to bed. Yeah, although I think you know, like last year, I think there was one morning that was up till, you know, one night or whatever. I was up till about three thirty, almost four o'clock. This year, everything kind of wound down right around two thirty each night. Mm-hmm. So you know, I would kind of I would get to bed by like two forty, two forty five. You know, because kind of wander around a little bit, you know, see if there's anything else to see and then kind of work my way up and slowly get into bed and refill the air mattress with air <laughs> and uh, <laughs> pee one more time to hopefully I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night and then, uh, you know, go to bed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that uh, that was an experience. So the first night or the first day we got there, we drove up on Friday and got there around 3.30 or 4 o'clock like that. Set up our camp and I fill up my air mattress and uh, we go about the day. And that first day was really fun because it was kind of like the first chance to just to see everybody again and talk, you know. So we were like, all right, well, let's wait, let's make our way over to the timber frame area um, to go see Justin and see what's going on over there, see our buddies from last year. And it took us like a good hour and 20 minutes just to walk <laughs> across the field yeah. <laughs> because it was like you know, walking down this way and we kind of like see someone over here. So we go over and talk to them and then that leads to talking to somebody else. And then we're like, okay, we'll go this way. And then we kind of skirt our way around the field and, you know, talk to 10 different people and then make our way over to, uh, but that was fun. But, uh, yeah. So, so that night after everything happened or, you know, all, all the, whatever, all the, all the goings on, we, I got back to my, um, bed and the actually it was, I think I went in and, and checked on something and my air mattress was completely flat. I was like, crap, man. And I, and I thought like I'd I'd used that air mattress, not all that, you know, too long ago. So I was like, well, it's gotta be something. So I kind of like blew it back up and resealed all the, all the seals. Like there's like a pump. It has a, it has a, a a bladder pump that's built into the inside. So you just kind of push down on it. I resealed that and I resealed the, like the air outlet, you know, which you can also add some more breath in. And I I resealed that really well and got everything closed up and, Blew it back up, came back at whatever that was, 240, and it was completely flat again. It's like, crap. So I kind of blew everything back up, resealed it, went to bed, woke up at 615, like completely on the ground. 
I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so like, fortunately, I wasn't cold, but I wasn't super uncomfortable because, you know, when you drink all night long and then you sleep for four hours, you, you know, I slept straight through to four hours. But then I woke up and got up, took a pee, uh, pumped up the air mattress again and got in bed. And like when we got up at 830 or whatever it was, almost you know, 839, something like that, I was I was laying on the ground again. So I was like, crap. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I blew up the air mattress again. Check all the seals one more time because, you know, obviously that late, late at night when I'm getting back there drunk, it's not really I'm checking everything. So everything seemed, everything seemed fine. So go about my day and get back to the tent at 2.30 the next night or whatever, the, you know, following Saturday night back to the tent and it's flat again. I'm like, all right, crap. Well, whatever. I'll just I'll just fill it up and I'll sleep and it'll, it'll deflate and whatever. It is what it is. Um, fortunately, there were no big rocks or anything below me, so I was pretty comfortable when I was on the ground. <laughs> um, so I fill up the air mattress um, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, you know, pretty, pretty far gone by that point. I'm pretty drunk and I'm like pumping it. And I'm just hanging out there kind of half laying on the bed and pumping it up and trying to get it, you know, full. And it's making these weird squeaky noises and stuff. And I'm trying to like stop that from happening. Cause and wake everybody up, you know? And, no. uh, <laughs> no, you're not waking anybody up over Devin's snores. Like, Devin's <laughs> snores don't wake them up. The little squeaky isn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. It was a different sound. You know, it was like, a <laughs> it doesn't so, matter. Devin's got a chainsaw going in his tent. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, so I pump it up and, and I'm, I'm kind of there and I'm getting it full and I'm listening and listening to see if I can hear anything. And I hear right next to my ear, I hear this little, just like the tiniest little hiss of air. I'm like, oh, there it is, you know. So I'm looking around. I'm looking at the seals again. I'm looking. And I see these two little punctures that are about maybe a you know three eighths of you know an inch apart. Kind of they look like a little snake bite, but they're just two little punctures. I'm not exactly sure how they got there, but they were the culprit. They're letting air out, and I'm like, crap. Now what do I do? Like if I had my car, because we drove up in Sean's car. If I had my car, I could have. I keep, always keep like a thing of duct tape in the back underneath the, you know, where the spare wheel is and stuff. And so I was like, I could do that. I'm sure like Sean might have something, but he's asleep as so I can't ask him. I'm like, I don't have anything sticky. Like I need something like a sticker material or tape or a patch, something to put over it. And I'm like, what can I use? And I'm like, duh, what the fuck? I have like 50 maker stickers in my bag in the car. So I go over to the car and I like, pull out the maker stickers and I pull and I go through and I pull one that doesn't have like an obvious maker logo on it. You know, that I, I, not one that I like wanted definitely to keep for sure. So I grab that one, walk back over and uh, stick it on there. And it's cold cause it's freaking like 32 degrees and I'm freezing my ass off and I'm blowing on like <sighs> blowing my warm breath on it and rubbing on it. So I, like get the sticky stuff all nice and warm and I kind of seal it real good <laughs> as best I can, you know, and like warm it up. And then I, I'm like, all right, I think it's good. And I, you know, get, get in bed, you know, fall asleep, wake up at eight 30 in the morning and my air mattress still has air in it. So I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> it, it stayed like that goodness. So, Thank you, makers and your stickers, which we all love to get and give. <laughs> Save the weekend. So I only had one night of sleeping on the ground. The other two nights, Saturday night and Sunday night, were very comfortable. So. <laughs> I um, uh, continue with the sticker thing. All my stickers got washed. Mm. Washed. Oh. So uh, <laughs> my uh, sticker collection is uh, none. 
your beautiful bride like washed all your clothes right away. <laughs> yep. Yep. Jeez. I know when you told me uh, was it yesterday, which was Wednesday, that you already washed that shaper shirt, which you had never even wore. You know, you get the brand new shirt. I sometimes I wash them, sometimes I don't. But you were like, yeah, you know, it was already washed. I figured I'd wear it. I was like, dang, you already washed the shirt. You haven't even worn it once. And there's only one day after we got back from maker camp. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. My clothes are still in my bag, sitting on the floor of my bedroom. <laughs> Caitlin doesn't, well, mess not around, doesn't mess around with camp smells. <laughs> so it's like, drop that stuff here. <laughs> so I didn't even take them out of my bags. I just dropped the bags in the lunchroom. That was my mistake. I should have pulled stuff out. I uh-huh. thought she might check, but... <laughs> it's it's not her fault. She still did my laundry, so I'm not going to complain. Yeah, right. And again, if Dustin, if you have all the stickers, I'm happy with that as well because yours will be the ones that get seen eventually being yeah. put on things. So as long as one of us has the majority of the stickers. And before a lot of part of the sticker was it's just your to remember who you met and to get yeah, a little information right. on the person you met. So, uh, but I feel confident this year, the people I met, I can, I still remember anyway. And, and right, yeah. If I don't remember you mm-hmm. or or Sean, will will have remembered them. So. Oh, I won't. I'll remember their faces. <laughs> I will not remember their names, not unless right. I have some interaction in in the meantime. I'm well, terrible with names. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. So am I. But there's like a subset of of like four people that I met there that I will remember their names. Hey, that's like, not bad. Four is better than nothing. Four is better than nothing. <laughs> I will likely remember uh, Priscilla and Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, and their daughter, Lily, that I never met. <laughs> You're like, I'll remember their <laughs> name. You'll probably remember all the dogs' names. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Teak and Beans. <laughs> I'm sure you would remember them. Yeah, no, I, I, I obviously... I follow all these people and I watch them and I interact with them on Instagram all year long. So that's why I remember their names. Not only because just like I remember them, but you know, I keep up with all the people. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. That was so, that was, that was my um, experience with sleeping. Devin, how was your, how was your tent weekend? Uh, Delightful. I was happy. I I mean, I bought everything like two days before. Cause I have, (laughs) I have my big tent that I was going to use again this year but that doesn't right. i slept in last year but it um <coughs> excuse me um the waterproofing was gone because last time we went uh, camping it rained and you know my whole family got wet so i was gonna get i had to get a new big one anyway but i also wanted something just for me for these type of events right and then i had seen i think i had seen someone with one and it's a pop-up twisty kind of bendy pop-up tent and uh it was great it was perfect everything worked like a tent uh no dew or anything dripped through i didn't mean i didn't we didn't have get it rained i mean we got a little bit of rain but nothing crazy so that's good just to remove any confusion when he says bendy twisty pop-up tent imagine the hampers that we all had in college that would like flatten (laughs) down into a little cylinder and then pop back up that's what his tent was he was just sleeping in a giant waterproof hamper (laughs) <laughs> resistant hamper. Yeah, it was great. funny though you were like all right it's great i'm just gonna be able to throw it out and it pops up and then you like did it once and it worked and i was like wait 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 we're getting it on camera because last mm-hmm. year we did the like time lapse for the beginning and the end which crap i forgot to give you yesterday um 
but yeah, so then we got it on camera and you go, you throw it out. It just sits there on the ground, like, boom, <laughs> like, hmm, well, although like in the grand scheme of that time lapse, it's going to look like it went instantly up because, you know, we just like went over and moved it and then it phew, popped up all the way. It was cool. That's a cool tent. Yeah. It's very, uh, yeah, it's uh very nice. And I also, um, <laughs> it's, it doesn't have the smallest footprint when you, when you break it down, it's like a three foot circle. But, uh, but other than yeah. that. That's <laughs> pretty good. Like I said, it's not a backpacking tent. You know, you can walk around and look like a ninja turtle with this giant right. circle on your back. <laughs> Maybe right. that's on purpose. He wants to look like a ninja turtle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tent was good. Tent was good, and then I just had a uh, a nice foam pad that doesn't blow up or anything because I wanted something that would not die on me. Would not. I would didn't want to wait for the ground, <laughs> and that's how it worked. And actually, I was really comfortable um, with that padding and my sleeping bag. Got a little cold the second night because it doesn't have like it doesn't wrap around your head or anything. So my shoulders were a little cold. I should have thrown something just over my face, you know, and head, just for yep. warmth. But I didn't. Um, and I just used a couple uh, hand heater, you know, whatever hot hands. Oh, okay, that's where that came from. I saw one of those floating around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, throw one of those in my down by my feet, and then keep up one up by my my hand, so I can just kind of uh, grab it and, and hold it. Huh. It's not a bad idea. It's actually really <clears> nice. <throat> it, it helps. It jump starts your the warmth in mm. your in mm. your sleeping bag. You know, it doesn't take the whatever yeah. twenty thirty minutes. Not that long, but you know, your body heat takes right. a little bit time to warm up. Um, and especially when I went out to pee, it would jump back <laughs> in, and once you close it, you would feel <laughs> it kind of start to warm up, and you could just grab something that was nice and hot, you know, right away. Uh huh. So those are nice. We got we got some of those for. Uh, the boys were camping. Dustin and I are camping again this coming weekend, and it's supposed yep. to be chilly. Tomorrow not night. as yeah. not as chilly, but um, but yeah, we got some of those for the boys too, just to nice. help give them something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of reminds me of like when I was living up in New Hampshire in grad school. We had a and we had an electric ba- uh, blanket, and so you turn it on at night. But I would always we'd like turn it on, you know. 20 minutes or so before we got into bed and then you get into bed and the whole bed is like already warm. So nice. Mm-hmm. But I would always turn it off right away. You know, I'd like mm-hmm. get into bed and turn it off because, because I'm a heater. So yeah, let, <laughs> I don't need two heaters. Work. Yeah. I literally <laughs> just silently face palms myself. Next year I'm bringing an electric blanket. If it's cold, there are plugs everywhere. I'm bringing an extension cord and our electric blanket. And <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have a, um, a little fan that's a heater and a fan as well so we, we've used that before nicole and i went camping one time in the winter with our with our friends charles and carrie and we had an electric site so we just did exactly that just ran an extension cord from you know the plug into the tent and then turn the fan on and it heated up the whole tent and that's when corinne was little you know so we wanted to make sure that she stayed warm and it was really nice like it's amazing how insulative insulative um even like thin fabric is, it really does keep that warmth inside. That, like, oh, yeah, that's, nice. that's true. Even when you think you're cold <laughs> in your tent, and then you unzip that morning door, uh-huh. you're like, ooh, <laughs> like I just yeah. crawl back in. Yeah, yeah. Those that was the hardest part was like getting up in the morning into the cold. It's like oh, I don't want to. I'm so yeah. warm and comfy. <laughs> Although that motivated motivated me to find free coffee. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So Sean, how was your how was your nights? You were uh, warm enough, I guess. Right. I was warm enough. I had to borrow yeah. stuff. Um, 
I used to have a really nice zero degree sleeping bag that was admittedly a little much for most of the camping I was doing. Um, and so because of that, it didn't make the tiny house cut when we uh, lived in our tiny house. But so I borrowed a 15 degree bag from our friends, the greens, and then he had a it's one of those blow up mats, but not like the Uber hiking ones, but this one blew up to probably an inch and a half thick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as long as I didn't move around too much, I was perfectly comfortable on that. Um, it made it made a lot of noise the first night. Like every time I moved, <laughs> it it just it woke me up more. And I was concerned about the people next to me. That turns out they're all snorers, so I didn't need to be concerned. But yeah, I was um, good. You don't have to worry about me. When I woke up, <laughs> when I woke up the next morning, I flipped it over, and then it was fine. I was like, oh well, I guess there's a oh, right way nice. and a wrong way to use this. <laughs> Crinkly <laughs> side down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, I slept all right. I'm a fairly light sleeper. Uh, mm, fortunately, right. I was forewarned about the chainsaw next to me, so I brought some of those uh, foam <laughs> earplugs that I use when I'm like, you know, going skeet shooting or shooting my shotgun, and I just put right. those in and fell asleep with those in, and that that dimmed the uh, dimmed it yeah. enough that I could fall asleep. <laughs> I definitely like at no point did did your snoring wake me up, Devin, but I did. Like when I was going to bed, I was like, man, cause it was you. And then there was a guy that, so there was like, I was in the <laughs> tent on the end and then Devin, you were next to me in a tent. And then Sean was on the other side of you on a tent. And then on the other side of Sean, there was another guy in a single tent who also snored really loud. So Sean had it on both sides of him, like <laughs> going back and forth. And so I would hear that, like when I'm falling asleep, like just like, what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, it's like a but... timber sports competition. <laughs> You're like, I thought we were done timber framing. <laughs> Chopping wood, baby. Did either of you see Justin using the chainsaw mortiser when we were working? I didn't. Oh, man, that thing is I, so cool. I did right in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was um, he was cutting out some of the um, the mortises on the big the long timbers that went across the top, and I was over there helping him because I was we were cutting them down to length, and then we were like kind of we were we were kind of thinking through how it was going up because there were a few changes that never really got planned out um, or you know figured out how we were going to work it. So we kind of figured that out, figured out the length, and and then I was doing some chamfering on the end of the of the. Um, the the front end of the beams that were going to be the front face of the bridge and uh, he was like using the chainsaw mortar that thing is so cool i got a chance to use it last year at the timber and it's just like that's the way to go man you like you're cutting out <laughs> mortises it takes all of like 10 seconds to cut a mortise you know that's two inches wide by six inches long by you know four inches deep it's just womp, womp, womp. it's so cool <laughs> it's a cool tool but uh yeah but yeah that was fun do we want to talk a little bit? So we all stayed relatively warm, relatively comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about the bridge we made a little bit. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, we didn't, none of us went to the, the Timber Inn. Um, right. Over the more, summer. A lot right. more people put a lot more work into it than we did. But again, we were there to help on the day. Um, mm-hmm. We all got our hands dirty. You and Sean did a lot on the rafters. Um I just helped yep. them some things up and move stuff around and chatted with people. Um, yeah. But it was a blast. Yeah, it's it's connected to a building that's already there, and it's like right. a walking yeah. path bridge. Um, not necessarily over water, but next to a pond where there's, like, overflow from up or, like, something can – what was it, like? Yeah, there's, there's like, can, a stream can, up top. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, it can pour into the pond, but it doesn't always. The right. building had both a water wheel, and then there was also an additional water feature up up farther. So that entire area that the bridge was over was, I don't know if it was intended to be a water feature. I, I, I know it was intended to be a water feature. I don't know if they'll continue to do that moving forward. But um, right, yeah. there was another pump with a line that ran up to the water wheel as well. So it would turn the water wheel. Ah, nice. Um, yeah, so it's like a decorative. I mean, it's not a. It's, it's not running next to a river, so it's not a, you know, a, a working, um, you know, functional water wheel. It was. It's a decorative water wheel, and, the, and it's kind of decorative, maybe eight by eight square house that uh, Austin Handel, who who runs Maker Camp, he's the the son of his his parents and his grandparents own the Blackthorn Resort, and they run it. Run and but he runs the Maker Camp, but his grandfather built that building and the original bridge that was on it um so he was happy to let us build the bridge but he didn't want us to do anything with his structure and uh there was a lot of uh, a lot of stress involved in that because he uh spent a decent amount of time sitting in his golf cart about 60 yards away just sitting there watching Staring us at it. <laughs> so it was like Every time, like you want to, you're like, okay, do, can we can we do something? So we had there was a lot of uh, like ratchet strapping and moving the building because it was kind of leaning when we took the things off, and so we were doing these things trying to get a fit. We had to cut away a chunk of the roof to uh, to make the the bent that was closest to um, to the house. So that's the two posts going up and the beam across the top. That's called a bent. So you know the closest bent. Um, went straight up against it, sat flush, and the top of the bent was maybe seven feet tall where the where the beam came down. And then, you know, above that, it's got six inches of beam, and then it's got some stuff above it. So it definitely had some, some height above that, and that we had to cut off some of the overhang from the from the house. And so it was actually really nice. We talked to, talked to uh, Austin, and Justin was like, all right, what do you want to do? This is a situation. Do we... Do we cut it? Do we move that bent out and, you know, drill new mortise and tenons and, and do, you know, attach the top beam to it? And and Austin goes to Justin, he says, well, what would you do if it was yours? <laughs> Which was the perfect question, you know, because like Justin has the experience. He's done this before and he's the maker and he's here and obviously he's working with Austin. But and he was like, you know, if it was mine, I'd cut it and fit it in nice and tight and, and you know, bind them together. So they both work together to hold each other up. So. That's right. what we did, and he was he was okay. Once he, we got the go ahead from him, we just went ahead and did it, and and it turned out beautiful. It looks really good, and then they'll they'll roof it. They'll connect the roof back in, and they'll put in some some beams and stuff in, and then they'll they'll get it all back together. So they'll roof the whole thing. Yeah, no, so that, that bridge that bridge will hold a little up. confusion. This bridge isn't just a bridge; it's like a roofed bridge with two right. different pitches on the roof. Um, and I think they're right. gonna roof it the same way they did the pavilion you guys did the previous year, which is slate with a copper drip edge right it looked yeah. really nice on the other one and austin mentioned doing the same thing on the bridge yeah i wonder what they'll do because because the uh the nice. existing building there is there is asphalt asphalt single shingles so no we'll see but whatever they do yeah so right so it's not just a bridge it's just not a footbridge it has uh railings on the side and the bents that come up and over and then there's yeah you said there's a roof with a double pitch so it kind of comes up it goes at an angle from the left side to the right side and then at the at the top on the right side and then it comes back down at a steeper angle to create kind of an overhang on the front side of the bridge that faces the pond so and funny enough that bridge sitting flat on the ground 
is a wood storage shed at Justin Dietrich's house. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same design. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's pretty much the same design without a back and without some other things, but it, it looks mm-hmm. beautiful as uh, a bridge as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they, um, the way they prepped the bottom during maker camp is that they, you know, they got all the, the bottom pieces together. So you have two long, um, sides that go all the way from one end to the other, which is about probably 25 feet or so, maybe 20 feet. Um, and and there's a scarf joint in between, so you have these like two beams that come together with a really beautiful scarf joint, and then then there's cross beams that you know go across. So you have this kind of laddered form that's got maybe three crosses, or two big two big cross two cross beams, and then two long side beams, and um, they're they are uh, dovetailed together with um, you know single sided hidden dovetails, so that way they slide down in from above, but they don't go all the way through, so that way they hold each other up. And, uh, and they didn't want to cover that up. So instead of just putting like a boardwalk over top of that, we inset, um, cut poplar, which was actually cut at maker camp by, uh, Ronders. So who we met him, he's a good dude. He, he milled these down from some big logs and gave us the, the milled, you know, pieces. And then they were cut down and put in. So they were inset down into the, um, the bottom piece, the walking portion of the bridge. So then there are three bents that were bu- that were all eight feet tall, and then uh, and then railings on the side. It was it, it was yeah, really Ronders, beautiful. Ronders was repping a chainsaw mill company. I can't remember the name right. of the company, um, but it's called Grands Grand, uh, Grand, uh, Grangers. The, no, um, uh, 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 Give me a second. I want to say Grand's Force, but it's not Grand's Force because that's the no, that's, that's the, the Axe company. It's <laughs> it's like Grand Force or something like that. What is it? Um, Grandberg. Sorry, Grandberg. Grandberg. Chainsaw yeah, mills. and yeah. so they they were using the chainsaw mills that they were demonstrating on and yeah, like right. showing to people to mill logs that we then used on the bridge, which was pretty cool. Yeah, super cool. And all the 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 bridge is all made out of white pine, all locally sourced up there. And then I'm not sure about the poplar logs, if they were from that area or not. I'm assuming they were because I would assume, you know what they say about assuming, but I would assume that they kind of sourced them from local, local places because you don't yeah. bring, you know, like 20-inch diameter logs from somewhere else when you have – when you're up in the Catskill Mountains up in New York. You know, you're going to have logs. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it was great. We got to, like, do a lot of um, finessing and putting together – it's like it's like putting together a uh, – like a rector set or, you know, you know like a, mm-hmm. uh, what's that? Uh, the log cabin, the, the like, Lincoln logs. Kids. Yeah. Lincoln logs. So, you know, it's like a full size adult version of Lincoln logs. So mm-hmm. put them all together. And, and there were some mortises and things that had to be chopped. Like Sean and I each chopped a mortise at the end that, that had, you know, gotten missed for one reason or another. And so we did that by hand, which was kind of cool. And then, you know, we drilled some more stuff out and got all the things ready. And Sean and I did almost all the rafters. So he was up, on the roof, you know, kind of, uh, straddling between rafter to rafter for about three hours or so. And I was down below. We're like getting cutting and finessing and getting all these joints to go together and I'm handing them up and he's drilling them in. So that was cool. It was a good time. There's a lot of uh, video of you, Sean, up there that I've seen floating around Instagram already. (laughs) Like everyone who does like anything with the, with the, uh, the timber bridge, there's like shots of you up on the roof. God, I would hope so. I was, you weren't exaggerating. I was up there for like three hours. Yeah. Um, I, I first climbed up when we were actually putting the long 
support pieces in. Um, I don't know what they're called, but and then <laughs> yeah, the I just top beams, yeah, yeah, and I just stayed up there. I was like, give me a rafter. Let's. Oh, that's right. The rafters had to start on one end, and so we started right. it on the front end, which is where I was up there. Yeah, and that was that's kind of funny too. That's a funny story. So we're we're getting ready to take these top beams up. You know, so we have the three bents, and then you do have long top beams that connect all all the three bents together. And they have to be kind of, you have to slowly work them down because they have mortise and tenons that all fit together and you got to fit all three together. And they're all, you know, once they all set and they go in well together, but to get them there, you know, you have, we have this bridge that has the, the beams and the cross beams, but no, no poplar flooring yet. So it's all this kind of walking on these two beams that are maybe, uh, maybe two feet apart, something like that. And, uh, so it was, it was a pretty like relatively flawless day everyone's moving around pretty good on it but then you know we're we're getting ready to bring the beams in and we have these little step ladders and they're kind of we're balancing them on between you know different uh beams and stuff on the bottom and uh and they're super was osha this, friendly <laughs> you're on this one you're like <laughs> okay well it's a little rickety but like if for some reason something happens i can just grab onto the beam above me on the bent and you can hold there you know like so if it starts to fall you'll be able to hold yourself up sure enough like within three minutes you're like climbing up and then you put one leg on and the, and the ladder starts to spin and you're like oh, and i'm trying to grab you and grab the ladder and, and then you just like whoop just climb up the rest of the way and you just popped up on top and uh, pretty much from there on out, you're up top. I know. I think you maybe came down like twice, but you were just like, "All right, I'm up here. Let's just keep going," you know. Because then yeah. we kind of needed someone up top to help the beams well, go I, in from above and stuff. I was also tall enough that on that front side, without being on a ladder, I was able to lift up high enough on the beams that we could get them up over the cross beams, right? And yeah. like start to shove it forward and get it up into position before we could we place it up on top of the uh, the tenants. Right. Um, yeah. And then I just climbed up and finished it off. <laughs> yeah, but it was great. I mean, there was, you know, it's really nice to work with a crew of people like that because everyone wants to do something. So, so rarely ever is anyone just like sitting around not doing anything, right? Like no one was like just chilling on their phone other than there were a lot of people doing social media. So you were like a lot of people were taking pictures and posting and getting stories and stuff. Um, one super awesome dude that we met who, uh, definitely stepped up and did an awesome job was Jim Smith from the Tradesman's Channel. His son, mm. um, Wyatt, was a killer dude. He was uh, he did an awesome job. I was really proud of him and uh, told Jim that. So, you know, he did a great job. Was he 15 years old? Like, not once did he sit aside and not do anything. He was like, I never saw him on his phone or on a phone. Like, never stopped working. Wasn't like you know, timid, he just, he just kind of jumped in wherever and helped out and did a good job and gave shit to people when they were given shit. And it was great. I mean, that's what his dad is. They're, they're, they're very sarcastic, which is awesome, you know, but, uh, he was like, what a good dude, man. He's a good kid. So if you're listening to this, Jim or Wyatt, you know, awesome. It was, it was a pleasure to work with those guys. So, and everyone was that same way, you know, everyone wanted to do something. You know, you hope crews of people who work together want to do that, you know, where, where you go to do something and it's already being done. You know, it's like, that's what Justin said. There were times when he's like, okay, we got to make sure this is getting done. And he would look over and it was just being done. Someone had already tried it, you know, mm-hmm. or, or if someone didn't have something to do, they'd come to him and be like, all right, what else do I need to do? Or like, you know, I'm, I don't yeah. know exactly sure what, what can I do? It, you know, can I cut something? Can I trim something? Can I start putting something up? Can I get something ready? So that way we're ready. You know, at one point I was cutting uh, I was trimming the joists, the, the notches in the joists so that we fit, they fit onto the cross beams or the main beams, the, the, 
um, those, and I was like kind of my stack of rafters was off to one side and I was kind of, I was in about three or four rafters where I'd kind of trim one and then walk, you know, 10 feet to grab one from the pile, come back, trace off that trimmed one onto the next one. And I give Sean the one and he'd put it up. And then when I got about halfway through that stack, one of the other guys, Gib was like, can I at least bring all the rafters over to you? And I was like, heck yeah, that'd be awesome. So he just like walked back and forth and brought them all over. You know, he like saw that there was something that could be done that would make someone else's job easier and just stepped in. And that was a lot of that, which is really nice. So it was, it was a fun day. And, uh, and there was also like, there were other people there that were familiar with timber framing. Jim, that you mentioned from the Tradesman yeah. channel, like he's done a bunch of timber framing projects himself. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time that something needed an adjustment, like he, one, he had the tools. We had those giant, beautiful chisels he had, but yep. he was also like, you give it a try. And then he would talk me through kind of like what reference points we were using on this, you know, angled leg or angled, um, what do they call Morris. it? Knee joist. Uh, knee brace, um, yeah. Knee brace um, to make sure that one, it's not hitting inside the, the uh, mortise and that it's level with what it needs to be. And you know, just talk me through it, and then we measured it out, and let me cut it with his hundred and some odd dollar chisels <laughs> that were super sharp, which was so super nice. sharp. Yeah, yeah. man. So nice. Yeah, I grabbed one of one of one of Justin's chisels, and I was doing the chamfering on the end of the the, the uh, ridge beams, and it was literally like cutting through butter. Like people always say that it's like so sharp, <laughs> it's like cutting through butter. Now, not every cut was like that because you know, but particular cuts when I would cut through the grain at the right direction and with that super sharp chisel it was just like you know it's like like when you you push through it you think you're going to get a lot more resistance then all of a sudden it just like just goes right through it's crazy so what was what was the name of the other tool it's not a chisel um, slick a slick those in particular were exceptionally sharp like so for those not familiar a, a chisel you can hammer on Yep. Um, a slick is just intended to be like pressed through and right. man, I, and I, we are admittedly in, in white, green, white pine, but right. yeah, it was just, it was a pleasure to use. There's something about that feeling of just slicing through, uh, yeah. wood that just is satisfying. Yeah. And, and, super you, sharp and you have the heft of the tool just to also give that yep. a little bit more. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. I was yeah I was doing the same thing. There were some things that needed to be trimmed, and Jim's just like, ah, "Go ahead, why don't you give it a try? Do that, do this. That's looking good there. Do that. You know, it was yeah. it was nice. And so you know, if we ever stumble upon some a whole load of timber dust, we can we still can put a uh, a timber <laughs> office right in my backyard. There's, there's <laughs> nice no editing office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that that would be so sweet. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh. Yeah, I did. I picked up a like a two inch chisel, um, not too long ago from a yard sale for relatively inexpensive, and I hadn't had a chance to sharpen it, and so I kind of did just a super rough sharpening on it before I came up, and uh, with the intent that I knew that there'd be some people around with some sharpening systems. Like I assumed, kind of maybe someone at the uh, the timber frame would have maybe like a tormach or something that you could you know, clean up a, clean up an edge on or something, which they didn't end up having, but, um, but I did bring one along and I was at the Broadbeck tent talking with, uh, with Ryan and Vince, the guys who owed Broadbeck, uh, Ironworks with the, their uh, grinders. 
And there was this kind of boxy looking grinder sitting on the table on its side. And I was like, my first thought was that it was like a, an original prototype of their grinders. I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's kind of this big box and it's got like a one by 30 yeah, belt like, on it or one yeah, by like, something. Like, like a know, shoe like, box said, with two wheels on it. Yeah. yeah it's like one by so 48. Like, right. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was like. And I, and I could tell that it wasn't a one by 30 when I'm looking at it, but I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, is this our first one? So then Ryan was there and I was talking to him. He was like, yeah, it's a one by 42. And, it had, you know, it runs the belts. It's our sharpening system. But I kind of saw that it had this like metal part, like a guy that came up, and I was like, oh, cool. So it was perfect. So I spent about twenty minutes later, maybe the next day or something, and I went over there and took my chisel and sharpened it up, and it's, uh, it is very, very sharp now. So I'm super happy <laughs> about that. So that was cool. It's fun to use it. It's like it's a, it takes some getting used to, and. Usually when you use a sharpening system like that, you have some type of guide or tool on it that can, that'll hold your, whatever you're sharpening in the same spot every time. So you set the height of it. So you get your right angle on your blade and then you, you know, and then you, you know, kind of clamp it into some type of rig that then slides back and forth along your guide in the exact same spot. Well, because my chisel, um, you know, is it's a, it's a, a socket chisel, so it's tapered, and then it goes into the chisel, and then opens up. And so I had a, just a, a mark on the socket part of the chisel that I kept referencing as like the part I would lean on the metal, and so just kind of doing that. Now, obviously, my my experience with sharpening and bevels and things like that came into a little bit into play, but but it was a really nice system. It worked really well. It was easy to change the belts. Um, yeah, it just worked. I worked from like a one sixty up through you know cord. Uh, belt progressions up through 1200 grit and then they had a nice uh leather belt with a uh, polishing compound on it so it was nice and it, it works. ended up being very very sharp so it was cool. um, and we got um both those guys we got interviews from both of them yep yeah um yeah it was fun yeah to explain what we did real quick on that yep is we we asked we came up with seven questions that we asked 28 people it ended up being um and that was just whoever we kind of saw that we knew Mm -hmm. that was pretty much what it was so if we didn't interview you or or whatever don't take it personally we just kind of say half the time we didn't have our camera on us but we would like basically Dustin and i would take a walk (laughs) kind of around and just grab some people when we saw them so there's definitely people we both wanted that we just it never happened or whatever, we yeah. just didn't see the people, or we didn't. Right, yeah, it's probably saw 20 them or 30 or 40 more people that we would have loved to interview, and right. obviously more than that, but you know. Right, so, yeah. but I think 28 is pretty good. Um, yeah. And we, we gave away all the koozies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was nice. Um, you even took mine back. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but, I did um, an interview. I didn't get a koozie. <laughs> well, we have like two somewhere because we had 28. So there's a couple or, yeah, there's there's a couple around. So if we find them, we'll give it to you. <laughs> it's fine. I, I almost have koozie overload at this point. I was going to say, I I grabbed like eight koozies throughout the weekend, maybe not eight. So let's yeah. say six. And I came in with two. So somewhere in either of your luggage are a whole bunch more koozies that may have been mine or maybe they just like uh maybe i use them and put them down somewhere and never picked them up right i, had, I like, was like i, we I had kept our, track of my koozies <laughs> we had our pocket koozies you know you'd like have a beer with a koozie on it and then you put two more koozies on your beers in your pockets and then you'd give away them. give away one of those yeah right so <laughs> that's so a, yeah we, right <laughs> so we have a whole set of questions and 
it was no more than five minutes per person. Everyone got yeah. a lot of different good answers. Um, so I'm actually almost halfway done. I've got like nice. three questions all the way edited down to oh, the sweet. bits from each person that I want to use. And each one, each chunk of question or each question, not I didn't I couldn't put in everybody's answers. So right, yeah, some people like a two hour long video. <laughs> yeah, so some people just didn't get in for whatever reason, or their answer was too similar to someone else, or it didn't flow. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to get everyone in at least twice, and I think oh, right every, every, everyone yeah. gave interesting enough answers for that anyway. Um, so no, it, it's coming along really good, and we uh, last night we did some title <laughs> title making. So just Dustin put on the a white shirt. Jim thought it was a, a sock or a sock. him making fun, but <laughs> and we wrapped the sharpie in white. Uh, yeah, I put a white shirt, a white t shirt over my arm, over your and arm. Then, yeah, and, and yeah, wrapped a, a sharpie in white tape. Yeah, and then we were writing the different questions. I was writing them out on white paper so that way Devin could key out all the white, and right. then you would just get the words being written across the screen. And the, and the demo that you were or the the piece that you sent to me looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it's great. So. Yes, it looks really just cool. rough enough that you know it's real. Yeah, and right. It moves a tiny bit. Almost, it reminds me of old school film projectors. You know, when you see oh, a movie, cool. when the titles would come up. Yeah, remember they would all they would move bit. just a little bit. Yeah. So it's got a little <laughs> bit of that, and also when your hand comes back across, you see words get wiped out. You know, they oh, disappear yeah. for a second. Right. And that right. that I could fix by layering. Right. You know, I could once but, you yeah. get the top line done, I could take a still of that. And keep that in, and then, but I kind of like the whole look of it. Yeah, it looks a little rough, and it looks a little, but it's it looks handmade. Yeah, which is the right. whole thing of Maker Camp. So I was just like, that was fun. It shows that we did something different, and yeah, they're actually yeah. all turning out really good. So I'm happy with that. Nice, That's and awesome. uh, that should be done in a day or two. It, may, it might get up Sunday. I would like to. Sweet. I would like to get it up sooner than later, just to keep it in everybody's minds. Yeah, fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was fun. And that, that like, I think, you know, that 30 or less seems like it was the right amount that we got to do some work, got to get some cool, inf- you know, information and interviews from people, but didn't feel like we were working the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was on our minds the whole time. Like, we want to get interviews from these people. So when we would have these breaks and we'd see people around, and we'd be like, all right, let's go. Let's go grab the camera gear. We'll go up and we'll 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 grab eight or ten goozies and walk around and try to get some interviews. Mm-hmm. See who we can grab, you know. And then throughout the weekend, we had like different interactions with different people, which then you know spawned us wanting to get an interview interview from them, which was really cool. And so we had uh, we had a bunch of good people. Actually, I guess technically we had. Oh, you know, I guess we did. Did are you including? Um, the two couples as one interview each, or each is that are those two? That's four people. Uh, so those are those four are part of the twenty eight. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I was gonna say I was like, oh, that's where our extra two koozies went to. Was because <laughs> we had two people. Yeah, we did two dual interviews where we interviewed couples. One was Luke and Priscilla Smith from uh, PL Smith, and then the other one was uh, Dre and Lucas. Uh, Dre is crass with Dre on Instagram, and Lucas is man made in mass. So. Um, we got to interview both of them. We did we did Lucas and Priscilla first, and then um, you know then I was like, well, I want, I'd like to get you know, uh, not sorry, yeah, uh, 
Luke and Priscilla, and then we wanted to get Lucas and Dre. Um, and we were talking about talking to them about it. I was like, oh, let's do it together. So then we have two couple interviews, you know, because that way it's not just one one interview that's completely different when you do a couple. So yeah, I'm glad we good. got we got uh, four ladies in there. Yeah, totally. yeah. So that, that was nice. Represent them a bit. Right. Who's our fourth? I know we had uh, we had um, uh, what's her name from uh, from the sewing. Patty. Uh, forget names. Patty. Patty. Yeah. Okay. Did you do Adrian? Uh, ah, and Adrian. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Adrian from Hickory Homestead Creations. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's awesome. Good. Yeah. I know. There's. Uh, you know. Obviously, Maker Camp is primarily men. It's still a majority of men. But there are a lot of women there as well, which is really nice. It's like the variety is really nice. You know, it's nice seeing that. So, Kate mentioned there was more women. women there than she thought there would have been. Right. Yeah. And we had a, I know you talked about, Sean, that you only stood in line one time. We actually, we stood in line another time for about 40 minutes when we were waiting for our Mark Adams pictures the second time around. But that <laughs> didn't feel like standing in line because we're all hanging out with all these people that we would have just like been standing somewhere else with. And you said that you were like, Oh, we're going to stand here. We might as well stand over there and be in line. <laughs> well, yeah, we, it's because we walked up and we, we looked at the line and then we stood four feet from the line in a group <laughs> talking and drinking. And I'm like, guys, we could be doing this in the line. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. If we're just going to stand around, drink and talk, let's, let's do it four feet that way. <laughs> Which is really nice because then, like I said, we did get to talk and hang out with Luke and Priscilla and Chris Zepp was there and Chris Cash was in front of us and... Uh, um, Justin, maybe I chatted with him, which is kind of cool. I got a, um, an interview with him on, a, on a, a maker bio piece that he's working on. He's a photographer and a videographer who does all sorts of cool, um, you know, stuff about all these different makers. And so he's doing a new one and I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if he has released who that person is that he's doing one about, but, um, he asked me if I wanted to do an interview about that person. So I did, which was cool. Just want to talk about that a little bit and be on the other side of an interview question, which is kind of weird since we've been on the, uh, on the backside of it this whole weekend. So I, well, one I the, have one of the cool parts about standing in line is that, like you said, people like Chris Zepp from make everything walk up behind you. Mm-hmm. And, um, for those of you not familiar with his channel, which most of you should be, uh, he's a huge channel. Um, I've been following him for years and you just, you, you forget how personable they are. He's like, just he just introduced himself or you know i introduced myself or something either way the first thing he did was like hey what's your instagram handle and all of a sudden chris zepp is following me on instagram i'm like "Hmm, cool (laughs) yeah yeah it was cool um i like yeah i like that that mentality and like you said you know we're kind of standing in line and chatting with people and we're gonna do that anyway and all these you know cool people around they kind of come and go especially around mark adams booth and, you know, everyone loves Mark because he's just he's like just the king. He's the worker. I mean, he literally just works all day long photographing people and never you never feel like you're being rushed in his booth. He always wants to just give you as much time as you want. Like you talked to him about that specifically, Devin. And uh, he was just like, this is your time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. At the end, I we came up because I, I think that was our second. No, that was our third time going up. Uh, and yeah. I, I felt a little self-conscious about it. And it was real late at night. And I was like, hey, man, like, sorry. I mean, there's a lot of us. And, you know, I'm sure people probably say that to him a lot. Yeah. Or maybe they don't. But I was like, yeah, I know. We're back again. But he's like, hey, man, take your time. Like, don't don't get right. I don't care how big the line is. Like, your time yeah. is your time. You're here now. Let's let's uh, let's just have a have a good time. Get your pictures. Yeah. And that, was, that was really nice. Yeah. Mark's a good dude. We actually got to chat with him for a decent amount of time because we interviewed him. 
Um, and then, so this was right before it was probably about three thirty or so we went over there and we were like, Oh, that'd be good. There was no one in line. You're like, let's grab an interview from Mark. So we went over and he was just kind of like closing down his shop, his like setup because he was going to go over and get pictures of the timber in. So he's going to come over at four o'clock and I was like, Oh, well, you know, Justin told everybody to come back over at four. So I was like, if you go over there now, you might be a little bit early. Um, there won't be a lot of people there cause people are kind of doing a few things right now before we all get back for the, uh, for the pictures. And so we're like, can we get your interview real quick? So we got a, you know, got an interview and then got to chat with him then some, and then kind of walked over and we chat with him around the timber frame structure. And then, uh, and then later the next day on Sunday night, he was taking pictures of, of the, uh, the maker burn, the jackalope. And I kind of saw him out in the front, saw him walking around taking pictures, and he, and he just looked really cool because he had this, like, he had his hat on backwards and his camera with the big lens, and it was just a silhouette of him against the, you know, because he was, like, between all the people and the burn, kind of in front, kind of getting pictures and stuff. And so he was busting around, running back and forth and getting pictures, and I saw him kind of going back, and he looked really cool. So I went to, like, snag a picture of him because I'm waiting for him to stop. So I was kind of, like, stalking him from the outside of the people, and he was on the inside <laughs> of the people. And so at one point he stopped and he was taking a picture of Jimmy DeResta. And so I kind of came up and I was like, just like about to snap the picture. And as soon as I took the picture, he like turned and walked toward me. I was like, damn it, Mark. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to get a picture of you. I did post it to Instagram, but like just trying to get a picture of that guy slowing down is, uh, is funny. So, <laughs> but then, then we ended up talking to him for like maybe 20 minutes or so, which was kind of cool. Just hanging out and standing yeah, we got, and chatting. We got the beginning of a great story about, yeah his his like motorcycle trip across the country right um yeah that was cool that was cool just hearing him because one of the one of the questions we asked him was about like advice and he talked about motorcycles and stuff and and uh and that was kind of cool hearing him with his story about traveling across the country yeah he has a he has a shot of me i am looking forward to seeing um i i had sat down the maker burn had mostly occurred but it was still a giant flaming pile of jackalope Right. And um, I had sat down next to uh, Gabriel, who's a, a younger knife maker, uh, who I'll recommend later, and then Silas. We were just sitting there watching the fire and chatting. And uh, Mark came up and like, got a real close-up picture of my face. I'm like, I guarantee he got the reflection of the fire in my eyeballs. And I just, <laughs> I really want to see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he actually yeah. posted a picture of me, what, yesterday? Maybe the oh, day before. Did he? I didn't see it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And like... Yeah. It said something about flannel and a smile and that kind of being, you know, what Maker Camp is, is all about. And like <laughs> 10 minutes after I saw it, Jimmy Duresta started following me on Instagram and I was like, yes. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, there was, um, he did, uh, he ended up, he got a group of pictures. So that night when we were waiting in line uh, with Luke and Priscilla and, and everybody around us, we ended up yeah. getting some pictures like you wanted some more individuals and I wanted individuals. And so did Devin. Cause we, the first time we'd gotten pictures, we just got group pictures. Um, and so we wanted some individuals. So we got those. And then also like Luke and Priscilla jumped in and we got pictures with them and like Priscilla wearing Devin's cowboy hat and stuff. So we got those pictures and like what he always does, you just, you're there. He takes however many take pictures he takes. And then he just, clicks on the last one that he took and he scrolls up to the top of his list and he clicks on the first one and then he set, puts it into um, an email and then you just type your own email address in and he sends it to you right then. Um, and so we all did that, but somehow it got, it got missed from being sent. So 
we mentioned to him later and he was like, yeah, he's like, there's all sorts of different stuff. I might've missed it, but I did reach out to him and asked him about those pictures. And I was like, I know none of us deserve anything that you do. Like it's, we're not entitled <laughs> to the free pictures because they're all free, but I would love to see those pictures cause they're a great, you know, they're a great memento of maker camp. So I, I sent an email to him. So hopefully we'll, he'll get back. To I, I was, I was going to give him a week before I bugged him just cause he's still <laughs> like processing all the, all the things he took. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually waited. Uh, I waited a couple of days because he was actually make, at th- he was at Maker Camp through all of Monday. So I waited until until yesterday evening to send him the email. So <laughs> I don't want to get too far away. You know, I don't I don't want to take another like thousand pictures and then he doesn't can't go back and find them. So he'll be like, oh, sorry, I delete all the pictures when I'm done with them, except for like, just a handful of cool people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, Mark's Mark's a good dude. He was fun to meet. Um, Trying to think, I don't know. I met a bunch of people. We had, uh, um, uh, let's see, we got to interview uh, Green Money Fab. That was cool. So that's like, is that Chris, right? Is that his name, Dev? Yeah. yeah. We we chatted with him a bunch last year. He builds builds barbecues, and he was there working with um, with uh, two other guys again. Um, Sean, not Sean. Um, can't think of either of their names dang we were just talking about before we recorded like that was be able to remember a bunch of names and stuff but <laughs> i told you um, four yeah <laughs> 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 no, but uh steve pellegrino and uh who's the other guy um it's like the main dude who does it but they they all they all worked over the weekend and prepared it will awesome, something uh yeah yeah Will Shear, good job, nice, you got it. Hey, I got one. Yeah, <laughs> Will Shear, Steve Pellegrino, and Chris from Green Money Fab, they all uh, they all did a really good job preparing uh, this like amazing barbecue with ribs so, and pulled pork. Oh. So good. So that we can transition onto the maker swaps. Everyone can hear what you guys oh, got. Yeah, yeah. Um, and why Sean decided to skip the swap and the barbecue. You know who knows, but. <laughs> I didn't skip it. I just wasn't in attendance when it that's, was drawn. That, that's skipping it. <laughs> that I didn't. I did not come. I just wasn't there. Actually, I got. I did get barbecue. Um, I yeah. just got it towards the tail end of the barbecue slot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we got the barbecue, which is amazing. Like it was wow. last year, super good. Um, yeah. And they just give you a ton too. It's not like you're not. You're not just like getting this like one or. You know, this is like a little rib. This is like these giant ribs. They give you three or four, like tons of meat, and you get a, a pulled pork sandwich from all the stuff they've been making. And and Steve was there. He's helping out, like Steve Pellegrino, who's an awesome knife maker. If you guys don't know Steve Pellegrino knives, he's like one of my one of my favorite knife makers. The work that he does is so awesome. Um, so he was there, and he's like, you kind of walk through and you grab your pulled pork sandwich, and then you kind of walk around the line, and then you get the ribs. And he was like, and he, I like picked up a bull pork sandwich. He's like, if anybody wants any more, just let me know. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a little more. So he just like, took another handful. Yeah. And like, anybody else want a pinch? Put another like you know a handful on top. I was like, yes, so good. There's a in the background of our interview with Chris is I think yeah. it's Steve finishing <laughs> yeah. off a bottle of wine. Oh, is it nice? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just like tipping it back. I was like, that's nice. awesome. <laughs> yeah, he um, he also threw like a cardboard box oh, yeah. into the fire right next to me when we were doing the interview for yeah. Chris. It's like raining ashes down on us from above. I was like, it started to get real warm behind me, and all of a sudden, ashes I know, came flying. I, I by felt me. I it like, too. Whoa. He was he was answering questions. I'm like, man, it's warm. They because I heard something go in the fire, and then sure <laughs> enough, in the video, I don't know, maybe I'll figure out a way to cut it in. He's like. All of a sudden, Chris starts to like swipe at your shoulder. He's like, "Oh, yeah. there's like 
<laughs> you're fire, you're I don't want you to get burned. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. That was great. I'm like, oh, I'm like, damn, Steve. <laughs> and so, it was like it was like a good like 30 seconds or a minute. We had to wait before we could finish shooting. I know. We scene. just kind of <laughs> stood there and but, just um, like kept burning and raining ashes on us. Yeah. No. <laughs> all the interviews were good. So so we'll, yeah. we'll start. You're gonna. I guess you'll start posting like pictures yeah. of some of the people. Yeah, yeah. As it comes yeah. up. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. And then, yeah, so make or swap. What'd you guys, what'd you guys get? Um, so, so I was actually, it actually was really funny. So I, I put in the chisel knife, which I've talked about. Um, and I, so, so we, we were, there were a few people. There were probably like five or six people that I saw what they were making for the maker swap before they made one was like, um, I saw a like a plaque with like a deer head on it that had some stuff. It's kind of like a welcome home plaque. I saw that on Instagram. Um, I saw who made who, Dennis who, Tyrell. Do you know, sorry, do you, who made that? I don't. I don't remember. I just because I, I was following the the maker can't maker swap um, hashtag. No, Noah got that one. Oh, right on. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I saw that. I saw Dennis Tyrell's knife that he put in, which was actually one of his journeyman Smith knives that he had worked on toward his journeyman Smith, or not not journeyman, yeah journeyman. Um, it wasn't one of the ones he actually applied to get his journeyman with, but he had worked on it with the intent that it would, might be one of them. So he put that in, which is pretty awesome. Um, I saw Matt Stagmer. He put in like a mini Bowie knife, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I saw that too. I saw that Jeff Fader was putting in like a pair of tongs that he made with a bottle opener on the end. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. One of the ones I saw, which I ended up getting, was uh, from Sean Mooney. I watched him um, do. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was a live stream or if it was a reel. Uh, working on making his uh, his leather koozie. So I saw that, and then he was working on the timber framing structure with us, which was on Sunday, or which was on Saturday, and uh, and I talked to him about it. And so he actually brought him over, and he was showing them to us. So we all got to see the the leather koozies that he was making. So he made these like cool leather koozies with uh, like a brass plate on it that he bent, and then riveted them on, and then he um, hand stamped on Maker Camp 2022 on it. And uh, and so I was I was waiting around. So the way they did the Maker Swap this year is that they. Uh, they called out the first 20 people. Every, you go up, you give them your swap item, and then the guys from the Working Amps podcast, Working Amps podcast, who who kind of organize it all, you give them, you sign off a piece of paper, stick it on your thing, and then they give you a raffle ticket. Um, so then, you know, that way when they pulled them out, they pulled the first 20, they called out the numbers, and you came up and basically they just grabbed one at a time and then gave them out randomly. Um, last year they went through the whole thing. I think there was like a hundred and seven or eight something last year. This year there were over 150, um, entries. So they didn't do the whole raffle all the way through this year, but they did the first 20 and then everyone could just kind of come up to the table and you just tell them your, your, your ticket number. And then they give you what was already on there. So they just tore off all the tickets and put them on. And, um, it took a little while, while to find mine. Um, so we were getting some shots of people and, you know, doing the maker can't doing the maker swap stuff. And then I went up and I was giving my number. I kind of walked around the booth a couple of times and then, uh, and then I heard someone go two fourteen like this is two fourteen. I turn around and they're holding up the leather koozie that Sean, that, uh, that Shane, Shane. Mooney made. And I was like, there yes. So I like, I reach over and I grab it and I had a beer in my hand and I like grab it, slide it right in the beer koozie <laughs> and just walk <laughs> off. I'm like, yes, nice. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then and then uh, we we had a fun time fucking with Sean because he wasn't there uh, when we when we were doing the uh, the raffle. We all put in uh, some money toward Chris Cash's uh, like workstation. He had this beautiful um, giant vice or leg yeah. vice attached to like so a Bridgeport cool. Mill. Yeah, <laughs> and so <laughs> so he was he was doing this raffle, and we all put in. We all had ten tickets each, and um, and he was calling the raffle number, the ticket numbers, but he was, he was only waiting. He, you know, he was giving people a chance, but if you weren't there to get it, he was moving on to the next ticket. And so he went through like four or five before he got to someone who was there. And so after like the first or the second one, Devin was like, oh, you got to fuck with Sean. You got to like send him a message telling him, like ask him what his number is because we had, we had bought tickets from Chris all together, three in a row. So I looked at my numbers and I looked at Devin's numbers, and there was a gap in between our numbers. So we knew Sean's number was in that <laughs> range. So I like, I was texting you, and you said you were working at the time, so you were actually just looking at your your watch instead of like, yeah. you know, pulling out your phone. And I'm like, what's your number? Chris Cash is like, he's going over people's numbers, and I think he just called yours. Is your number this? Da 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 da. <laughs> and I was like, but then I felt really bad. Like I didn't actually want to mess with you. So I like sent like a joke right away. I was like, ah, just kidding. You know, I'm, I'm just messing with you. And then you were like, wait, wait, did I win or not? Did he get my number or not? Like you weren't like actually looking at the full text chain. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd missed a couple along that, that line. Cause I was, I was like actively turning a pen at the time. This is the one time I stood in line. I missed all the things. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like half hour I spent like standing in line and then waiting, you know, turning my pen Turn was pen, when yeah. like Chris Cash did his, the maker swap happened and the barbecue. Yeah. And I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so, Sean, you know, tell them a little about your uh, your maker swap item. Sure. So, your experience um, of getting it. Uh, what I got was a set of four uh, vacuum sealed tumblers that were, which is a uh, cup with uh, a lid and stainless steel straws. But uh, Natasha, I can never pronounce um, their Stagmer. last name. Stagmer. Yeah. Um, she went through the process of like cutting out the Maker Camp stencil and then putting it on there and stripping off the paint. So it, it, stripping off the paint that was where that stencil would be. And so it left the Maker Swap emblem on all four of these tumblers. It's really cool. And similar to, to Dustin, um, I didn't have, I just poured my beer into it and that was my koozie for the rest of the weekend. Uh, <laughs> turns out it fits two beers perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Funnily enough, I mean, so when when we make things for the maker swap, um, and the way people should think about it is that you're making something that you should be proud of, that you're going to give someone else. So you should put like a certain amount of effort into it. Um, and Natasha, we we talked to her shortly after you got her tumblers, and she was she was very hesitant to put them in because you know being married to Matt, like Matt put in a Bowie knife and he's a knife maker. He's a journeyman Smith, right? So like they're putting in different levels of time and effort, but like knowing what she did and knowing the time she put into it and the like chemical treatment she did and the, you know, all the stuff she did to, to put them in, you know, that, that makes a difference because, you know, making something for however long it takes you to make it, you know, your own effort into it. So really it's really nice to be able to chat with those people around you who did stuff. That being said, there were definitely some items there that I saw that I would have been disappointed if I had gotten. Um, and that's just, it's unfortunate because, you know, 
the guys from the Working Hands podcast can only talk about it as you know as much as they can they can try to stout it you know try to like get people to do it the right way and um you know and and like and then you get people showing up and giving these things that are you know pretty like not very much time went into them or you can tell that it's just not something they put all that much effort into and then they're getting something from someone else who put a bunch of time and effort into so so it's a little it's it's a little awkward and Devin I know I think you said it really well last year that was like if it's your first year and you're hesitant then maybe not put anything in maybe wait you know look and see what's there and then understand like the level of time and effort that people are putting in and then the next year put something in so yeah yeah I think and, and just to be clear it's not it's not about we all know that all makers are at a different point in their journey like, right. Yeah. It's not that we expect everyone to put in a journeyman level Smith Damascus mini Bowie knife. Like no way. <laughs> that's not that's not the expectation. The expectation is that you you spend time and energy, and do something that is that you are you are proud of doing. Right. Um, and I think that's I think that's kind of the most important part is that it's like pride. Like I was proud yeah. of I I did a I did a marking knife. Um, right. And. I made it out of an old um, Belota finish file and put a leather handle on it and um, flattened the back, two bevels, 30 degree bevels, left the, the stamp on each of the, um, each of the points in my design because I did like a hand grip on it were an inch apart. And so I did tick marks, like um, burned and pressed them into the leather. So it's kind of a, an easy measuring tool with a sheath to it. And like, I was proud to put that in there, and I I was excited that the person that got it, um, who's named Keith, he seemed really appreciative of it. Um, he, I think that same day, took a picture of it, posted it on Instagram, and and was was seemed to be really happy with what he got. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, and that's the thing too. Like you know, I'm we're not expecting people to put in their like absolute very best thing that they do. You know, I'm not expecting someone to put in you know, 80 hours of work into it. But I am expecting someone to put in enough time and effort that they're really proud, right? That's that's the thing. Hopefully you put in something that you're excited for someone else to get because you know that you put in time and effort and then hopefully they get it and then hopefully you can talk to them about it, right? So, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I it's just almost, think, uh, yeah. Sorry, it, yeah, it's almost that, I mean, I don't want to put more things on their plate, but... It, you should almost have a cutoff of a sign up before it even yeah. starts. Cause there was right. some stuff that people made stuff during the weekend and, and passed it in and put it in. Right. And unless yeah. you're one of the top makers there and everyone knows who you are, that's, right. I really think that's the only person, those are the only guys who can get away with it. Right. If yeah. Jimmy or someone huge does that, then you're like, Oh cool. That's the thing he was working on all weekend. Right. But if you're yeah. just some person who's walking around and, doing a pen for the first time or, or like who right, knows yeah. who knows what don't do not put that in right that, <laughs> that's that's ridiculous yeah exactly you're doing the thing that everyone else is doing while yeah. they're there and then you put that in like that's that's not what it's about it, it it's should, about that you yeah. like you put some time and effort into it and your own time and effort right <laughs> and like so like luke and priscilla smith they put in one of the lilies that they made there but they had made one beforehand as the demo and then they were working on one and they had some people helping out so it was kind of this almost a communal yeah effort. And they and put that, that yeah in, you know and that was a really nicely done it took a bunch of hours to make it and a lot of work and they were demoing and they were teaching people and then gave it away and the guy the yeah. person that got that 
flower, the lily flower, which is they made the lily because their daughter's name is Lily. The guy who got it, his also had a daughter named Lily. So it was like yeah, perfect. Yeah. So they were, they were super so, yeah. excited. Unless you're a presenter presenting your craft, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, no I agree. But, but who knows? Maybe I guess that's a little bit of the fun of it. It's got a slight gambling feel to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you might get something amazing. <laughs> hey, you might hit green zeros and everyone loses. It's like, oh, well. <laughs> I mean, one of the things I was super impressed with um, was that, did you see the, the wooden toolbox that yeah. had yep. the levels that like folded out with the gear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, John's, I looked at yeah. that, I was like, ah, man, that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to Ed about that. That was cool. And I watched him. I watched him make it. Literally, he had like it was like all in pe- pieces like two days before Maker Camp. And he like got it all together and finished in time. It was great. Super cool. I forget who, who got it. No, I don't, I don't remember who got it. I know that I saw, um, uh, was it Robert Bliss? Like he, the guy that got his, he made a kind of a, a hand toolbox as well that had like a really beautiful like – like uh, mortise and tenon and um, like tusk held together, like handle across the top. And I'm not, I don't I don't know the person who got it, but he knew him and he was like so excited. He was like, yeah, like he started yelling out. And he was like whatever and hugged the guy when he when he won his toolbox because he was really excited that that person got it. You know, like that's what you should be. You should be excited that someone else gets this thing that you put some like love into. And like I said, it doesn't need to be like the best thing you can ever make in your world. Like I had never made a chisel knife before, but. You know, I put some time and effort into it and and was really happy with the way it came out and, you know, was yeah. hopefully. And actually, so the guy who got mine was uh, Phil from uh, CNC Metal Design. Um, and he actually reached out to me. And uh, so he so I was standing up at the front. I was talking to Keith Drennan, who is working on his podcast. And we were, t- we were chatting a little bit. And then also... Um, uh, Tony Woodland, we were chatting and, and, uh, I hear next to me, someone go, does anybody know, anybody know who this Dustin guy is? Like anybody see this Dustin around this Dustin guy around anywhere? And so I look over and I'm like, I don't know who that person is. I don't know what you're talking about. Cause I knew like at that point, like someone was looking for me and they saw me mm-hmm. standing there. So, so we were chatting and then, you know, that was, that was Phil from uh, CNC metal design. Um, he texted me a couple of days later and he said, uh, Hey, just want to let you know that, um, as a way to pay it forward, I gifted your wonderful work to Jimmy. So he said he uh, he knew that he knew that Jimmy was a knife guy. And he actually told me, Phil told me, he was like, yeah, he's like, I have you know one other one other knife and that I kind of keep on the shelf. So he's like, this will be up on the shelf with that knife, which is fine, you know. Like I, I was perfectly happy with that; it didn't matter. But he said um, he said he knew he knew Jimmy's a guy that appreciates all the effort and creativity. He personally, wouldn't use it that much. So he he said he gave me all the kudos I deserve and just wanted to let me know that your work will be held and used by a guy that we all admire. Um, he's friends with JD Brewer. His uh, uh, this uh, guy that is a really good welder guy, and he was actually in the welding tent teaching, and he was at Jimmy's house um, picking him up because they were, like, driving together, and uh, he ended up giving my knife to Jimmy. So Jimmy Dresta now has the chisel knife, which is cool. <laughs> I was like, that's not bad. You know, I was like, that's fine. Like, I'm, it's it's yours to do whatever you want with if you want to give it forward to someone else. If it's going to get be given to someone else, it might as well be given to Jimmy, right? That's cool. Like, then he'll have it. Maybe it'll get used in a video. We'll see. But I've been watching cool. his stories and whatnot just to see if it showed up. <laughs> I'm like following him more because I know he was giving your knife. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, let's see what you got. <laughs> yeah, that's but. that's that's a strange thing to give away. Yeah, I know. Any, I, was, I I had that feeling a little bit, but I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's a, you can do whatever he wants to do with it. You know. 
I mean, at least if he's going to give it to someone, it'll be to him. But it is it it is a. I I mean, but yeah, if they're not interested, they're not interested. At least he's just letting you know. Right, exactly. It would either let you know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's one of those thoughts I have with regards to makers um, that are constantly making things, and obviously, like people like Jimmy are making things on commission for people and. They're not sitting around, but there's some makers that are just making stuff for themselves, for their shop, yep. to, to yeah. make content. And I'm always like, what What do you guys do with that? Like, for me, I, I make things I need. Um, right, yeah. You know, I, I'm not making just knives or things like that. I'm not trying to sell my stuff. Um, and I'm like, what, what do you guys do with all the stuff that you don't necessarily need? Like, do you really need a 47th knife? <laughs> just like <laughs> lying around your shop or, or sitting around your kitchen. Like things got to go places. Well, you, yeah, know how, right. you know how it is. Even smaller channels or everybody, there's always family members and friends who want something. So I'm figure that's where a lot of that stuff goes or, or, yeah. or the furniture goes in the Jimmy, one of many Jimmy's uh, guest rooms. <laughs> like he was talking right. about before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the knife room now. <laughs> yeah. <he's>, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that was great. Like I, I do love the maker swap. It's so much fun to you know, to get stuff and know that someone else put some time and effort into it. Hopefully, and uh, <laughs> come away with something that's really cool and that you know, like the koozie. Um, like there, there were other things that I would have considered cooler. You know, like the knives and the hammers, and there were some really cool things. But like, I like when I saw the koozie, I already had a connection to it because we had chatted with Shane about it and mm-hmm. I was like super pumped and I knew that I would probably use this more. I'm literally holding it right now because I had a beer in it, <laughs> which I've been drinking with. I would use it way more than I use pretty much any of that other stuff. And that I'm happy with, you know, like that I'm, I'm pumped. I'm super pumped about it. Like it's, it's super cool. And I watched him make it and we chatted about it and then I won it. So I couldn't be happier. And Shane passed by Devin and I later, like the next day, and he showed us what he got from his maker swap, which was um, he opened it. it was this little wooden box. He opened it up, and on the inside it was three metal dice, um, and they had different different prompts on them. So one was like a material and a size and a and a use, right? So ooh, maker dice. Yeah, maker dice. And not only were they maker dice, they were maker dice that Lara Kampf and Simone Gertz made. That was their maker entry. So actually like Lara, I, so I saw, um, I watched her most recent video and she talked about Simone coming over and giving, making, um, an item that she had a dream about. So Lara had a dream about these maker dice years ago and mentioned it to Simone and then Simone made them and brought them over. And then, so then they both worked on the design and they kind of finished it. So when Simone was over in Germany recently, um, she and Lara shot a video of using those dice and making something. It was only, it was like three weeks ago. So I, uh, I watched it. It was super funny. Like the two of them together are great. And then I got to see those, literally the dice that Shane had. So I was like, that's super cool. So make your dice, you roll them and you get these like little prompts and it sets you up. It's like, if you're, if you don't know what to do, roll the dice. It was like, do a house where it's made out of wood and it's either really big or really small. That was their prompt. And they made, they made, um, cutting boards. So they both made these like little mini kind of, you know, specific cutting boards for things out of 
Wood, which is really cool. And it's fun, like, seeing them both in the way they work. And then, like, both of them giving each other shit about their their work and what's good and what's bad about it. It was It's a really funny video. So <laughs> you should check it out. And that was awesome. Actually, was cool. I actually just went and found her channel and found the video. I was like, I want to look up. Yeah. I, I could use some maker dice. Give me ideas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And that was really cool. Like, that was uh, the one kind of one of the big name people, actually, both of them, Simone and Lara, when they were at Maker Camp. I knew that Lara was going to be there. I did not know that Simone was going to be there. That was really cool. So it was awesome seeing them. I, we got to chat with them a little bit and and uh, talk a couple times and, you know, throw some jokes around and stuff. And that was awesome. Lara was just as friendly as she comes across on her videos, which is why my wife and I both love watching because she just comes across as, like, super chill and easygoing and loves to make stuff and and uh, that's how she was. It was cool. Really cool. Yeah. One person, another like really big person who was there um, who I didn't get to see was um, uh, Bobby Duke. So Bobby Duke has a really big channel. He does all sorts of crazy stuff and like uh, makes things. And he, I think he really blew up. He did a lot of carving. Like he would carve stuff out with, uh, with like a rotary tool and burrs and do like, you know, wild things out of stone. Like, you know, all sorts of crazy little things. His channel blew up. So, he was there around somewhere. I didn't end up getting to see Bobby Duke. I knew he was going to be there, but then I kind of forgot about it. So, but uh, but yeah, I got to see Lara. She didn't have any swag. My wife my wife said if if you see Lara, ask her if she if she has anything that she can buy that I can that you can get buy it for me. So, but she did not have anything. So we'll just have to go to her. Uh, Good for her. Her her uh, her you know store like all the rest of the chumps and buy it from there. <laughs> all the yeah, rest she's of like, the chumps. Yeah, it's on it's on the internet. You want swag? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I got a bad knee. I'm not carrying a brown backpack. Nah, <laughs> that's right, Sean. You saw at one point she had like a sign on her leg that was like, "My knee's fine." Yeah, <laughs> My leg I is can't fine. even imagine like how many people are. Like, I'm going to use this as an opening to a conversation yeah. with somebody oh, I want to yeah. talk about. Yeah, and she's just like, "Oh God, I'm sick and tired of talking about my leg." I did uh, I did mention her crutches because she had like the crutches in her video where she talked about her leg and also said I'm still going to make her camp in two weeks or whatever um, in that video she spray painted the crutches black and she was I'm excited to see how they kind of age over time like working moving around and stuff and getting scuffs and stuff on them so I mentioned that I was like oh look at your crutches they got some they got some history to them now she's like yeah it's great it's like mm -hmm. nice <laughs> so that was fun so um Unless you have anything else before we wrap it up, what was your favorite moment? Oh, favorite moment. Um, let's see. I can uh, go first if you want some thinking time. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So Saturday morning, this is a, a kind of a two-parter thing. Um, Sunday morning, rather. I had found fire because I was cold. Um, and Jeff Fader who he was just walking by on his way to breakfast. And I just, you know, I introduced myself and said hi and said I loved his podcast. And he said thank you, and that was kind of it. He just went on to breakfast. I didn't really think much of it. I was like, oh, hey, it's Jeff Fader. And then several hours later, I had walked into the blacksmithing tent and had just walked up to the table just to kind of watch what was going on. Um, wasn't really looking or trying to do anything. And Jeff Fader saw me, like, smiled and came over and instigated a conversation. And he and I talked for, like, 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and nice. uh, one of the other guys from uh, Modern Forge Modern Forge came up and joined the conversation. And it was like, 
you know, these are people I've been listening to for years on, on Knife Talk and on the Full Blast podcast and just, you know, soaking up the information they're willing to share. And I don't know, it just always amazes me that people that I have, I don't want to say necessarily idolized, but have like followed and, you know, paid a lot of attention to the fact that they have a ton of knowledge are normal people that just want to have a conversation and talk about the things they're interested in and, and forging and stuff like that. It was just, it was a really... It kind of encompassed the the entire weekend for me. It was that like desire to to talk with like minded people? Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's I, great. I hope that the people there get that idea. Even the bigger people, I think they all do. And the ones that don't want to be seen, kind of just sneak away. Yeah, you know, right. you can you can tell when everyone's around. Certain people aren't there. And that's fine. They've probably been, you know, you're hassled all day at, at night, and then you find a few people that are probably at your same level. It's like, hey, let's go out here. Let's go hang and get a, a moment. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. But most everyone is, is, if they're there, I think they know what the deal is. Like, hey, you're just going to go, be with like-minded people. We're all kind of the same type of people, so let's just chat. You never know who you're going to meet or who's going to um, collaborate with you later or you don't know the level people are at. So let's just be cool to everybody and see what happens. Yeah. Um, do you have a moment, Devin? Like one, something that was, that was your favorite. I have mine. So I'm just wondering, I'll give you some to think about it since you asked the question. No. Yeah. My, um, um, one was when the, the bridge was kind of done or when we walked back over and saw it. That's always a good feeling. I mean, we yeah. didn't have we didn't have yeah. a big wrap up thing like we did last time, right? Um, but just the feeling of having that done was nice, and also, I think it was Sunday night when we were all sitting around. I had a lot of good conversations Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because um, we kind of it was dwindling down, but there was still well, like thirty or forty people around the main fire. Yeah. And you he had gone and got some extra wood and stuff, and it was just sitting yeah. around. We had some beer. We had a cooler full of beers. Everyone was kind of grabbing them, and we were just sitting around chatting and laughing with people and really, really having a good time. That's that's my favorite part of pretty much every maker camp is when you get in a nice group of people that you've already had a few experience with experiences with during the weekend, and you, yeah. feel like you, you feel like you know them, and then you sit down at the end and have one last, like, good little get-together hang, a few yeah. drinks, man. It, it was just so nice. I was so happy to be there and and uh, just laughing a lot, having a really good time. That, that was nice. nice. You glossed over the best part. What? When I went and got the wood. No, I said you went and found more wood. Yeah, you glossed right over it. Well, <laughs> no, that was funny. It wasn't about you. He just ignored it. <laughs> I see how it is. Yeah, just leave me, leave me out <laughs> it, of your story. It's the not about. One. Yeah, yeah. He my hangs best. out with you all the time. It yeah, was my about the my people. best part of Maker Camp was hanging out with Dustin O'Hara. That was so. Uh, <laughs> you could have you could have elaborated it more. No, it was no. funny. So I was actually sitting on the other side of the fire, and I was talking to. Um, I feel bad. I don't ever know if I actually got her name, but. Um, she was. She had been around the maker, like around the timber frame, and she was there, kind of with Ed Johns. And I was chatting with her, and and we were like looking at the fire, and we're like, "Oh, it's dwindling down." It was like eleven o'clock, you know. We're like, "Oh, the fire's dwindling down." We're like, what a metaphor for Maker Camp. It's kind of dwindling down. And I was like, 
hold on. There's got to be more somewhere, wood somewhere. I was like, I, I know there's got to be wood. And I was like, I think there's a bunch over near where they were doing the barbecue. There's got to be more over there. So I walk off. I walk over there, and sure enough, there's like this pile of wood. I was like, yes. So I try to grab like as much as I can grab in my arms because I'm like, I'm going to go back once. And I'm going to throw this on the fire. And I come back, and I'm carrying wood, and I'm like tossing the fire. And then you, you were saying, Deb, that like – you looked up and I was gone and you were talking to Evan Watson, I think the, uh, the hand engraver. Mm-hmm. And you were like, where's Dustin? I was like, you were, and you said, like, he's probably going to get wood somewhere. And then mm-hmm. sure enough, I come back like carrying wood. I was like, yes, it was awesome. And then we all went over <laughs> and grabbed big handfuls of wood and brought it back. So then we had a bunch to kind of fill and, you know, final, finish out the night with a bunch of wood on the fire. How have we yeah. gotten an hour and 44 minutes into this? And this is the first time any of us have mentioned Evans, the, or Evan, the hand engraver. <laughs> we're coming like we all the hung, way around. Yeah. We hung out with him so much this weekend. Like we did, yeah, yeah. We got to meet all sorts of fun people. That's the thing. There's so many people. You know, we got to like meet Matthew Harris. Is really cool. You know, like blacksmith here in Maryland at the. Um, oh, I can never remember the name of the place where he is. It, it was like really fresh in my mind earlier in the conversation. I was going to mention it, but yeah, you know, we hung out with Roy from you know Vintage Axe Works. And, Although he he had lost his voice, so he was far quieter <laughs> than usual. <laughs> Noah and and Matt and all these awesome people, you know, that were just around Ed Johns and um, yeah, just tons of good people. It's hard to it's hard to remember about everybody and talk everybody. We got to speak a little bit more with Ronders from Ronders dot com. That was fun. Um, yeah. We we met Andy and I can't I don't know Andy's last name, but like the first day, um, this guy comes walking by and he's holding this big like bench vice that you can see through and you can see all the mechanics and I'm like holy shit that's like the guy who made that or i was like he's either made this bench vice or he's he or he bought one so i came up and i'm asking i was like oh that's a cool bench vice i was like is that your product and he was like yeah he's or i was like did you make it he's like yeah that's mine i was like that's i was like is that your product he's like yeah you know i kind of invented this i was like you're the guy. You're the guy who like made the bench with Matt Cremona for for uh, Adam Savage for Adam's shop. The, you know, like the cave. And he was like, yeah. And we were talking about that. So that was super cool. You know, like yeah, because he was he was what just poking his head out of his tent the first morning. Yeah, yeah. Or, he was like walking up. He was walking up. Yeah, Friday, and he he was holding it. He was kind of working some stuff. Once so we got to chat with him about that and how he how he designed it and originally the front was just supposed to be metal but then people were like oh that's so cool like you got to be able to see those things and people were just going to take the metal off and replace it with plexi anyway Mm. and so he ended up like figuring it out and figuring out that it actually worked really well that it was like structurally sound enough to hold up what it did so did did you ever talk to him again um i talked to him like one other time but not for very long i know i kind of saw him around a few other times like i would really like to talk to him a little bit more but i did not So so much time my uh yeah exactly my i think my one of my favorite parts and i have a lot of favorite parts and like like you said Deb, a lot of the just stand around chat with people and know, getting to know people a little better was awesome um but one of my favorite parts was when we got to make uh our the little waxed canvas bags so um last year um patty was doing this like sewing class and she was in the main uh, the main area and she had a couple of sewing machines set up and you could kind of go up and make these bags. And I saw them, I saw them a couple of times. And I think I remember seeing Derek from Alden holding one. I was like, Oh, it looks so cool. It looks so finished, like so well done. Mm. And I really wanted to do one last year and I didn't get a chance. So 
when I saw Patty and she was like, she was in the tent with the Weaver leather guys. And I, I talked to her early on. I was like, Patty, you know, I was like, I really want to like, you know, I talked to her last year, but not much, but I was like, I really want to take your class this year. I'd love to make one of the bags. And she was like, Oh, cool. So she showed us what they're about and stuff. And then we kind of, I think we all, or at least I for sure made, made like a mental note to come back later. So I think later on oh, on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, it was like, I was like, Oh, let's go see if we can, we can make the bags again. So we popped over and, and she had a thing that was like, you know, I'm, making you know doing the bag lesson like at 12 o'clock and three o'clock and it was like four fifteen, and uh i was like oh you have time can we make the bag like can i see you got some space she was like yeah sure i'm just about to do another lesson she was like you know in a couple minutes just give me a few minutes i was like cool and then i look over and uh and priscilla and luke are there and uh and she's like yeah like priscilla wants to do one too so give us like five minutes and then we'll do it and i was like great so so we like <laughs> we're hanging around and then uh, and then priscilla comes over and she's like oh i'm so glad you guys are here i really wanted to hang out with you more this year you know like and that just made me feel so good it was like oh like as, as excited as i was to be like knowing that we're going to be in this little class of you know six sewing machines we're all going to be sitting around sewing this i was excited to see luke and priscilla there and that they were going to be part of it and like she was excited to see us knowing that we they were going to be part of it and it was that like same thing like you were saying sean that it's this like this mutual love of the community and love of people and like excitement and willingness to be part of it it was just it was super heartwarming and then patty's super fun and like it was fun like working next to Devin, who's never sewed anything on a sewing machine <laughs> you know and so like it's like seeing him learn the stuff and learn like the stitches and how to use the things and like and trying to help out a little bit, but also trying to do my thing. And it was, it was great. It was, it was super fun. It was a nice time. Like that was the only time that I actually like sat down really and did something, um, and made something, you know, other than like the, whatever, seven hours we were working on the timber frame structure, but <laughs> so little, so little sitting occurred this right. weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was perfectly happy with that. Like I, my goal wasn't to make a bunch of stuff in all the booths. Like I was there really to like, be part of it and do to do our interviews and walk around and talk to people and just be, be part of that whole thing. And that's what it was about. And, uh, but it was nice to sit down for a little bit and just be there in a smaller group and talk and laugh. And, and Priscilla's a teacher, but she was like so needy, you know, she was like, Oh, what about this? What about this? Like all these questions. And she was like, she was like, I hate it when kids are like this, but I'm the same way when I'm taking a class. This is really funny. And then she like got she got the OIC like uh, reference from Tarzan and you know, like it's just uh -huh. like this funny things like it was it was very nice and it was like it was nice to have this little moment of just a few people, um, you know, doing something together and having fun. It was great. So that was definitely one of my one of my favorite yeah. moments of the weekend. I think I think Priscilla does a great job of like embodying the the like ideal maker yeah. in that like she it didn't matter where i ran into her or whether i was with you or not with you like she just always seemed to be like excited about whatever she was doing whoever she was with whoever she was running into and it it, it was just it was it's just really refreshing to see like yeah and like it just just to kind of wrap up maker camp for me is like i came home and the only way I could sum it up is like, we talk about, you know, how emotionally our cups are full or empty or half full. We do things to fill our cup, or at least my family does. And it has been so long since my cup has felt that full. Mm, and nice. like, even my wife was like, you just, you came home cheerful and happy <laughs> and 
she said rested. I was like, rested? She's like, emotionally rested. I was like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, nice. That's great. All right. Uh, well, we'll wrap it up with doing some, uh, some recommendations. And I'm sure that we all have plenty of recommendations we can do now. And we'd be able to recommend plenty of people. And we've talked about plenty of people. So that's kind of like a whole... Uh, whole episode of recommendations um but i'll start so um my recommendation is um i'm making sure i get his first name correct give me one second yeah andrew andrew burke um (laughs) from burke makes stuff um he was uh, the first person to comment on the uh the koozie post that i made where we like took pictures of the the koozies that devin made and then said that we were going to come in and ask him people questions and I tried to word it in a way that sounded like funny, but also serious. It was like, you know, if we don't, if you don't find us, we'll find you or something like that. And he, um, he responded like right away, pretty, pretty soon after that was like, I like to answer questions, you know, I'll find you. So, so he did find us and, uh, and that was kind of fun. It was fun meeting him. He's a theater teacher. So he's got like a ton of charisma and he was fun to talk to. And, uh, and yeah, so it was really nice. And he does some really cool stuff and makes some really cool stuff and posted a bunch of good pictures from maker camp too. So, uh, so check out his channel. Um, his Instagram is at Burke makes stuff, B U R K E makes stuff. And, uh, it's the same as his YouTube channel. So check him out. Um, Andrew Burke, the good dude. Yeah. You could definitely tell the people who were teachers and, or some type of presenter or some type of, you know, cause they had, yeah, they, they were ready with thoughts. Oh, some yep. people would give you long, like they had already had many thoughts about these things that we were breaking up, bringing up. Right. Exactly. Was, uh, yeah. It was actually a bit too much. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. Like they keep going. I can't, I can't use all this, even though some of them I wanted to, you know, I was like, right, hey, well, yeah. I, I got to trim it down somewhere. But somebody and like you were saying, you were saying on our way home that like, you're not used to like holding the camera for that long, oh, yeah. you know, cause you're just holding like a handheld camera up in front of you. Not like it's not a shoulder camera. So yeah. Yeah. You're like for when, like minutes and minutes, usually it's like maybe two minutes might be the most. That maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, the longest I ever hold it is for your intros. So that, yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe yeah. two minutes max. Yeah. But. <laughs> but, but I was like, you're like uh, starting to like fade and move. And you're trying to like flex your muscles and stuff. Cause move, you're shift. bumping into me. Sometimes you'd bump into me accidentally. And sometimes you bumped me in purpose. Like, move the mic forward or like, like you kept like boom, boom. And I was like, is that a, is that a real bump or is that yeah, a, we need to get a, a accidental bump. bump? We need to get a bump Morse code down <laughs> where one's like bump, one bump, bump. bump for closer mic, two for farther. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. so yeah, he's uh, good stuff. Yeah. It's good dude. And um, actually it lends itself. Well, I don't mean to interrupt you, Devin, but um, Burke makes Burke from Burke's makes up is, you guys talking to him is actually why I met the person that I'm going to recommend. Um, nice. Cause he was talking to Gabriel Turner, um, who's a, a younger knife maker. Um, and I ended up talking to him for at least a half an hour that night while you guys interviewed Burke and then Burke came back and the three of us talked for another hour or so. And I ended up next to Gabriel when we were all staring dreamily into the uh the burning jackalope but uh, gabriel <laughs> turner is a, a younger knife maker his instagram is ragnavaldur r-a-g-n-v-a-l-d-u-r underscore and his youtube is ragnavaldur spelled the same way no underscore r-a-g-n-v-a-l-d-u-r and he was just a really a really pleasant individual um 
he was coming just to kind of interface and learn new stuff. Uh, there were a lot of you know great knife makers there, but uh, he showed me a picture of the knife he made uh, for the maker swap, which was a little a little Damascus blade, um, and it looked really nice. Like I would I would have been perfectly happy to receive that as well. So um, he's a great great kid, and uh, we'll be doing we'll be doing big things and continuing to learn and and progress as he goes. Nice, awesome. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll post all these on the show notes. So if you are uh, listening and you want that information a little bit more, they will be in the show notes. All right, Dev, what do you got? Um, before Sean said something, I did have <laughs> I broke it. it. It was <laughs> no Evan Watson. Oh, nice <laughs> the hand engra- the hand engraver. Um, I I I I think I'd seen some of the stuff. I don't know where like a few of its videos but they're all they're they're really popular so probably just random not reels but I, I don't know um but the first thing i actually i think that i knew was of him after we had talked to him the first night and hung out with him and uh was in person was his axe with uh with um that he had done Boy. with roy yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was really nice to see someone's like work for the first time, like in person. Like, yeah. Oh, this is great. <laughs> you're really this good at I this, aren't curious. you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> you're really good at this, aren't you? That's that, that's this, maker camp. That's this your first time engraving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's perfect, right? Because like, Deb, you don't you don't follow all the makers like I do. Um, you know, you follow a bunch because they're ones who follow and you follow back and, you know, and, you know, through the grapevine people that I've recommended and stuff. But, uh, but, you know, I think a lot of times, yeah, you'll meet people for the first time or hear their name for the first time at maker camp. And that's someone that I'm like really familiar with and I've seen their work a whole bunch. And just for one reason or another, I, you know, you haven't seen them. I mean, I've definitely recommended Evan on the channel, on the podcast before, but, um, but yeah, no, he's a, he's a, he was a super cool dude. Like, yeah, uh, that was really fun to chat with him a bunch. That was, we had a great time and, um, he's a real, really good dude and really like, uh, relatable, you know, like just kind of a, around our age and doing the same type of things and, you know, like likes to fish and likes to, you know, camp and, you know, and he was very complimentary about our channel. So that just makes him. (laughs) So much more likable right away. <laughs> well, you must be a nice guy. He's this one guy of those guys where, like, because of, the, because of the type of work he does, he's never on camera. Right, yeah. So, like, I never knew what he looked like. I, I knew him as the hand engraver. Right, like, I've yeah. been following his work. Like, I mean, there's just something relaxing about watching somebody engrave metal yeah. but, uh, for years. But, yeah, it was, it was really interesting to meet the person. Um, behind all yeah. of the engravings I've been watching. Yeah, and yeah, one one last kind of fun uh, moment was um, on, I think maybe Saturday night or Saturday evening, um, I was talking to you, Dev, and you were like, oh, you had, you had just gotten finished talking with Chris Cash, and Chris had mentioned an event that was happening in two weeks, and he was like, you guys got to come to this event. It's kind of just like Maker Camp. There's a bunch of different things that happen, but it's more along the lines of blacksmithing. And he told you the name of the person in the camp where it's happening. And you were like, I can't remember what it is exactly. And I was, and I had, um, I kind of guessed that it might be Matthew Harris's, um, hammer in that he's doing in two weeks. And cause I know that Chris is doing that. 
I'd heard him talk about it on uh, on their podcast, on the Axe and Iron podcast, which is Chris Cash and Roy Scott from Vintage Axe Wars, Chris, Chris from Mount Phillip Metalworks. Um, so I was like, maybe it's that. And then I went up, I went over and asked him uh, a little while later. I was like, hey, Chris, you had mentioned to Devin about like an event that's happening in two weeks. Is that Matt's um, hammering? He was like, yeah, yeah, Matt, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like I, I've heard him talk about Matthew Harris a lot because he got a lot of his inspiration from Matthew Harris. And he, that's like what made him kind of get more into blacksmithing. He was, he had done a bunch of blacksmithing, but he really got into it after going to one of Matthew Harris's hammerings. And, uh, and yeah, so Chris, so we were chatting a little bit about it and I was like, yeah, you know, I've seen his work. I've, you know, I follow Matthew Harris, um, really awesome blacksmith does some really beautiful architectural metal work. And like the way he does, uh, like floral patterns and railings and things are a lot, um, it's just different than other things I've seen. Um, so we were chatting a little bit and then Chris was like, Oh, you want to meet him? Like he's here. And I was like, Oh, he's here. That's awesome. He's like, yeah, he just got here today. So he's like, I'll, I'll bring him around to you later. And then sure enough, you know, like half an hour later we're chatting and then Chris brings him over and, and we chat with Matt for a while and he's a really good dude too. He's really easy to talk to. So that again is like one of those moments that's really cool where someone like, you know, kind of sees a connection between two people and then helps to build that connection. So unfortunately, uh, I will not be able to make that event. It's just a one day event. It's just on Saturday, the 22nd. And I already have obligations for that day. We have our final race of the season and I'm doing a field trip with my students. I'm leading them to, uh, leading through the, the Baltimore, uh, Patterson park light parade. So my, my BDS students are making lanterns and we're going to be in the parade. So I told Devin he should go by himself, but he didn't want to do that. So he should totally go by himself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, go up the hammer and it'd be cool. I never said I wasn't going to go. You were like, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I said, yeah, I don't know, but I never right. said I wasn't going to go. Nah, well, that's why I said it. That's why I quoted I said, you should mm-hmm. go. And he said, ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it is nice, you know, like, it's nice to go with with the people we go with, you know, our good people. But uh, hopefully that's that's one of those things that I don't think that, that date's going to change. So, And I don't think Matt's going to change his date. It's always going to happen that, like, second, third week of October. We'll see. I'd love to make a make a um, a trip up to that at some point. And he's I think this year is his 16th annual hammering, so he's been doing that's it for cool. quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Principio Ironworks is where he's go. working Principio. out of. Nice, good, good job. You found it. All right, guys. Well, thank you all so much for hanging out with us and listening to us recap the Maker Camp, which we were super excited to go to. Sean, thanks for um, hanging out and giving us your perspective. On the weekend and going for the first time. Always a pleasure to have you on. You're fun and easy to talk to, of course. Um, and uh, you guys can find Sean on uh, his Instagram, which is Crafting a Life I Want. It's also the name of his YouTube channel, so you can find him there. Go and give him some love and check out his uh, his work, and you can see his maker swap item there. Um, you can follow Devin at the Art of Camera Guy, and you can follow me at the Art of Cam- at the Art of Craftsmanship. Um, on Instagram, on Instagram, and then uh, give us a follow. Check out what we're doing if you want to see the uh, our setup with the the white shirt over the arm with the like taped marker to do our our handwritten titles for the video. You can go over and see that. Devin took some pictures. Devin, you were like, "This is too funny. I have to get a picture of this to get it online. This is too funny to let go." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, head over to YouTube. Um, give us a subscribe over there. And uh, let us know what you think. Check out the new video. It's going to be coming out um, probably in the next couple of days. If you're listening to this on uh, Friday, the day it comes out, it might be on Sunday. So keep your eye out for that. 
And then we have another video coming out the week after. It's probably going to be out on Friday. I think that's the day when it's coming out, either Thursday or Friday. But it'll be coming out the week after, and that is our is our collaborative um, video with uh, with Brandon Roost from Whiskey River Trading Company. So you can check that one out as well. Give us a follow. Let us know what you think. Comment, like, subscribe, all those fun things. It makes a big difference. And then uh, last but not least, if you want to support what we do here on the Art of Craftsmanship on our channel and give us uh, some additional support to go to the, some of these fun events that we love going to and, and bring you guys along as much as possible, you can head over to patreon.com. Uh, forward slash the other craftsmanship and support us there further we really appreciate that and all those people over there really um, go above and beyond to support us which is completely unnecessary and people do it out of the goodness of their heart which just blows me away <laughs> so for all of those amazing people who are over there who are supporting us who believe in what we do and want to help us do it even better thank you all so much all right Devin, sean it was a blast i hope you guys have a good night everyone else who's listening Thank you guys all so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time.